Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You know what's better than paying with cash? PayMaya. It's an app that lets you go cashless in stores, online shops, your bills, and so much more. And you can get awesome rewards like cashbacks and discounts when you do. You can load PayMaya via your bank account, your debit or credit card, or via convenience store kiosk. Remember, when you have to pay, don't pay cash. PayMaya. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. I said give me a hell yeah! Hey, this is Zeta Zang. Hey, everyone. This is Jeff Cobb. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. Talent is not sexually transmitted. Hey, this is TJP, the Phil and Flash, and you are listening to Stan, Ro, Chino, and Camos on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> You are listening to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Stan C, Romaran, Raf Camus, and Chino Liao with our last podcast of the decade. Can you believe it? Um, do we have the Chino Liao air horn sample already? Okay, there you go. That's that's. Or we, you could say that. Nah, it's the last of the last of the year and the last of the decade. Damn. <laughs> Can you imagine that we would have a podcast that lasted half a decade? More than. Yeah. Because we started 2014. Oh, uh, five. Five years. Yeah, it's technically year six. Uh, five, yeah, yeah, is year makes one. Sense, makes it's sense. like season yeah. six. Yeah, it's so season yeah, six. A little over half the decade. So we would actually... We're well on our way to year 10, I guess. Yeah. And we have a new home. We have a new home, yeah. right, here at yeah. Podcast Network Asia. A lot of the podcasts here uh, really just supported by this company. Um, you can listen to The Eavesdrop, who, who we met a couple weeks ago. Yes, we did. Uh, you can also listen to uh, The Halo Halo Show with Rika G Guys, and JC Tevez. when I met The Eavesdrop. Pardon yeah, me. yeah. Particularly because they didn't have a sweet ecstasy. <laughs> yeah. And of course, because Chino and I grew up in radio and yeah, you know, yeah, to be that, in the presence of these vets and legends. That, that too, but mostly the burgers. <laughs> right. Uh, the Cool Pals, of course, friends of the podcast. And all the other shows here on the, on the network. A lot and of new ones as well. Mm-hmm. We got Diving Geek, Bago. Geek BD uh, out with new episodes. Yeah, we yeah. have Tony Tony. Yeah, we have uh, officially announced that they officially announced a new podcast featuring Tony Tony. Tony Tony I think, and Doc Rica. Mm, uh, I think at this point, though, uh, it's still yet to be named. Yes. Yeah, and but released. But a new podcast with a big name that has a name is that of Enchong D, the Budgetarian. Hell yeah, 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 the Budgetarian featuring Enchong D. So, podcast natin. Si Enchong D. Enchong D, guys. Damn. 
What's yeah. up, other networks? <laughs> <laughs> How many other networks are no, there anyway? I, I think I, I think it's crazy that Enchong D has a podcast and that he's on the same network as us, and that he's not the type of content creator who just wants to put content out there for the social media numbers. Oh, so bro, Chinese the Enchong D sa podcast Hey, I don't mind. Like I, I've, I've always been into the whole budgeting scene. Like uh, that's one of the facets of me being Kuripot. So uh, I, I'd love to g- give a binge listen to the budget. Has anyone listened to it already? No, uh, I haven't yet. I'm, I'm gonna not. binge it over the holidays. Uh, oh, yeah, speaking of binging, manaming inya, manaming podcast na binge over the holidays. Not just us because we care for you, so we give you content over the holidays. That's right. So yeah. that's why we've got this last episode. And what we're gonna do here is we're gonna be looking back at the decade that was. Everybody's making a big deal of the 2010s ending and us transitioning into the 2020s and it's only fitting that we take a look at this sport that we love this business that we love pro wrestling and take a look at the best and a little bit of the worst of the 2010s so what we're going to do is we're going to go around um, for every year for all 10 years of the decade and then we'll uh, shout out a few things that we remember that we like maybe put in some personal uh, a personal touch to uh, to the stories because our personal involvement in the scene Really becomes apparent in this decade, somewhere in the middle, towards the end. Yep, that's why, like for the most part, I've got I've got half a list. I've got more than half a list that is well thought out, and then everything else is like, you know what? This is great shit that happened in PWR. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you know uh, we've got a lot to get to, but before we get to that, would you say it's classical shit that happened in PWR? <laughs> some shit is classical some, for sure. Some, some some of it is classical for sure. All right, before we dive into all of those things on our lists, we've got to take a moment to thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. And those are our friends from PayMaya because you can send money to anyone with a PayMaya account. That is how we got our sponsorship money. And we're so proud hey. that hey. we're ending the decade on this note. Now we actually get paid to podcast. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All you have to do is to tap send money in your app dashboard if you want to send money to your friends or to your family or to any other supplier and just put in the mobile number of the receiver and this makes splitting the bill, paying your bills, not being an estafador so much easier for you and your friends. And you can also send money to other bank accounts. Just tap send money in your app dashboard and enter the necessary bank details. Hey, and when you do that, when you do all of that, when you send money to either another PayMaya account or another bank account, you get cash back. So not only are you sending money really easy and hassle-free, you get money back. Super, super rewarding, man. Super rewarding, and that's why we love PayMaya. And if you want to have your own PayMaya account, and if you want instant credit on us, all you have to do is to, uh, to register using the code hey. WrestlePayMaya. Again, that is WrestlePayMaya. W-R-E-S-T-L-E-P-A-Y-M-E. Yeah. There we go, Camus. So there, that's how you do it. You get 50 pesos instant credit, and we get 50 pesos instant credit too, because that's how we roll here with Podcast Network Asia and Pay Maya. Hey. Alright, let's get to our retrospective on the 2010s, and this has to start at the top of the decade. And it's a year that's a bit hazy for me because when 2010 rolled around, I wasn't exactly watching wrestling. I was just at most checking out Wikipedia. You poor unfortunate soul. It's fine, uh, to be fair, he wasn't missing that much. It was at the, it was that time, uh, 2010, when the year when the decade started. We were just uh, our favorites now, kumbaga. 
our major league favorites now. We're still kind of toiling in the Indies. And you know this, Camus. Yeah, because this is my entire point for the yes. decade. Yes. Uh, I, I, I want to posit this out to the uh, universe and to our listeners at large. If it wasn't for a couple of guys down in Reseda at the start of the decade, you don't get AEW, you don't get NXT, you don't get the WWE landscape that you love and appreciate now if it isn't for those guys who were working in PWG at the start. Because if we're going to start, like if we're going to start, start, or do you want to start now? Not yet. We're already... Yeah, we're already, already in. Started. Started. If you, no, no, no. At, at, at 2010. <laughs> no, at 2010. Oh, the, 2010. The year, this is the year 2010. The year 2010. Generico Steen Descent into Madness. That entire start of that feud plants the seeds for so much of what becomes historic throughout the decade. Rivalry started there. Steen versus Generico, the Young Bucks, all of these things had a place in 2010. And that's sort of the seed for many great things that would follow. For me in 2010, I was getting into radio this year and during my training, I would notice uh, one of our techs, uh, Melo, Sikuya Glenn, uh, he was watching WWE on YouTube. And yeah, right, right. When, when you could still watch it on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, sure, I training ako, naka, ako dun sa prod booth na siya ng wrestling. Oh, no, you were that guy. I was that you guy. You were that guy. Now, because we were, watching, we were watching those guys watch other things that weren't wrestling. Well, yes. No, no, no. I mean, like, uh, <laughs> with, I mean, when you watch uh, wrestling on your phone or your PC, that was, uh, whether it's in a net cafe or, or, or during your commute. And someone else would be watching with you because they, they, it caught their attention. Yeah, like, what's yeah. that? In my case, I had fallen out of the fandom for a good two years or three years. And I was like, oh, first time I saw it, oh, si John Cena is there. Oh, Edge and Chris Jericho. And then suddenly this guy comes out in maroon trunks and short hair and he looked like a dweeb. And I'm like, who's this? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I think we're getting ahead of you, ourselves here. No, no, no. <laughs> he, he really did look like a dweeb yeah. at this point. Uh, and then I, I saw him uh, basically being like Chris Benoit minus the right, risks. Right, right. And I was like, wow, this guy's good. I like this guy. And then I found out his name was Daniel Bryan. Yeah, so, so, yeah, uh, the, reason, that the reason why I say we were getting ahead of ourselves is because 2010, uh, Camus mentioned the indies, but they're upperclassmen, uh, guys like uh, CM, Punk, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. We're just Loki. graduating. Loki. Loki. Yeah. No, not just graduating. They were already in the WWE system. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Nigel McGuinness was flirting with WWE at this point. No, but he would go to TNA. Yes. Uh, so Was it Loki, a former cruiserweight yes. champion at the time? The yes. Third not, not cruiserweight champion, uh, but he was uh, in the division division run. X Division run, yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So in that year, 2010, uh, one, of my, one of the most important things to happen, even though people would laugh at it back then. So NXT... Started in 2010. It replaced ECW, which was uh, pretty much the, the wrestling show at the time, at that, uh, before, the, before the 10s, right? So uh, the people you like now all got their start in NXT. The A majority of. The original, the original NXT. The reality show version the, of NXT. The survivor. Pa siya. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, or, or when it was more like the masked singer or yeah. American Idol. American Idol. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so. Tough uh, enough, had, but not like tough enough. You had Wade Barrett, David Otonga, yeah. Justin Gabriel, now known as PJ Black, Heath Slater, Daniel Bryan, Skip Ryback, Sheffield, yeah. or Skip Sheffield. Heath Slater minus all the kids. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Tarver. And uh, there's another guy I'm forgetting right now. Mason Ryan? No, 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 Darren Young. Darren, Darren Young. Young. Yeah. yeah. So that was the OG NXT that ultimately became the Nexus, right? And um, 
ang ang dami nangyari from that NXT palang because it gave birth to this NXT that we know now. Number one, number two, it led to that storyline between the Nexus and the WWE stalwarts that got me back into wrestling because tanga na sino ba naman yung WWE side? John Cena, Edge, Jericho, fucking Bret Hart. Uh, <laughs> sobrang random, di ba? Bilang Daniel Bryan and uh, two other guys that I don't remember. Uh, we we can't talk about Daniel Bryan without talking about what he went through this year in this particular year. Yeah, because he was fired. He was fired yes he was uh, rehired did you know this when you yeah, were yeah. Ga- getting back in uh, no not immediately uh-huh. so he got fired when the next nexus first debuted on raw yeah for choking justin roberts with his tie oh wait did he buy a dinner no 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 it's of the choking okay so it wasn't because of the the spitting yeah so it was the choking brian got so undeniable in the indies that the wwe had no choice but to hire him back yeah so that was, uh, if that didn't happen, a lot of what happened in this decade would not be the same. A majority of the back half of the decade yes, sir. might not exist yeah. had it yeah. not been Been for that incident. Yeah. Yep. Here's something that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, and that's because he really wasn't part of that storyline until he got himself involved with Daniel Bryan. And this is the Miz. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. 2010 was the year that he cashed in money in the bank Shorts and became Miz. WWE Shorts Miz. No, no, no. Uh, Trunks Miz No, 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 no. 2011 tong, ano, cash in, cash No, in. the cash-in was 2010 Wait, let me, let me Because he may have entered WrestleMania in 2011 ah, yeah, And yes. that was a long reign And that reign. was when he won Right Against Cena God, yeah. That was his only WWE Championship Yes run. And, you know, looking back It was actually a great run I, I appreciate it more in retrospect It was He's, okay for a heel He yeah. made it the most must-see championship Because it, it was ever. him being uh, largely untested in that spot. Yes. So all he had was uh, Randy Orton. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he also had William Regal, which was really underrated that time. Uh, he also had Jerry Lawler for a while. Oh, yeah, as yeah, a yeah, child. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was no, King 2011. Yes, King. Not yeah. William Regal. Sorry, sorry. King. King was underrated. Was, his feud with King was super underrated. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about uh, the King more in the coming years. Right. Because reasons. Right. Uh, okay. So anything else from 2010? Not too much. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, well, well, we lost Batista that year in yeah. in oh, terms God. of an act, being an active wow. performer. Batista. Oh my God, 2010 was duct tape mania. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, 2010 was yes. also when oh Shawn Michaels God. retired. Duct tape. Really? Yeah, Shawn Michaels and Batista both left uh, yeah, the active roster yeah, that yeah. year. God. So in in a way, parang transition period din siya. Yeah, it was really was. Uh, I can't believe 26 was the last Shawn Michaels. Anna. It was Mania. pretty much the only thing that you remember from Anna, from that year's WrestleMania. Well, That's John true. Cena Batista. John Cena Batista. Yeah, was but, uh, and you know. Swagger fumbling you money in the bank. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Uh, oh, God. That was a thing. Yes. Right. That yeah. was a thing. And Chris Jericho was champion. Mm-hmm. Chris Jericho was champion against Edge. Yep. And Edge lost his shot after he won the Royal Rumble that year. Yes. And then uh, got it back eventually. Yeah. That was a DQ finish. Yep. Yes, there. Uh, 2011. It, when you look at 2011, I think the biggest thing from that year, at least locally for us, was the uh, that was the last full year that we watched WWE pay-per-views live on yes, Jack TV. Yeah. That was the last full year. Chino, and yeah, I associate this directly with CM Punk because this is me uh, getting back into the swing of things. And then CM Punk drops the pipe bomb mm. and it sent shockwaves throughout the entire wrestling world and it led to money in the bank. I'm fast forwarding a bit line just yeah, because yeah, of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's the, it's, it's, it's the most... Uh, it's valid. Yeah. 
And yeah. so the other moment was, you know, Daniel Bryan and Sheamus. Right. No, no, there's another moment from 2011 I'll talk about. Uh, but itong CM Punk moment na to, which led to Money in the Bank, I remember exactly where I was when I was watching it. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, sorry. Before we, you know, we've, we did forget uh, in 2010, Daniel Bryan's first world championship ring. No, that was the U.S. title. Ay, 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 2011 for the third. Yes. Fuck. Oh, shit. I'm mixing up my years. Yes, you are. All so right. sorry. But with regards to 2011 yeah. and CM Punk's pipe bomb moment, yeah. I remember, I am going to say that this was, was the one moment in the wrestling history that signaled the change um, in terms of the styles of wrestling we are about yes, to see. Yes. Had it not been for this promo, we wouldn't get an entirely different um, take on wrestling as we know it now. We yeah. would still be stuck doing the same old things. On Major League Wrestling, you mean? Yeah, in, mm. in that scope. Because CM Punk was able to ground it in reality. Whereas it's, when wrestling started out, it was these larger-than-life people. Kung man larger-than-life, you could still delineate the separation of reality uh, and kayfabe. Yeah, exactly. When CM Punk, he, he took real issue with what was happening and he brought it to light. Ah, you mean the, the story, not, yeah, the, yeah, not, the, story, style, not the, story. the style. Because I have something to say about the style uh, of 2011. Yeah, go ahead. Because like like I pos- posited like at the very start, the next year actually saw Bola become like a big deal in PWG. It was the year that you really saw that brutalistic style that Daniel Bryan and CM Punk sort of innovated, take shape on the indie circuit. Like 2011 pa lang tayo. Yeah, 2011. Yeah, 2011 okay, okay. Tayo. So you, if you rewind a bit, you rewind a bit, you'd see the fruits of, I'd say, Samoa Joe's work. Like those guys. Samoa, that, that entire crop of ROH guys, you see their impact more with guys like, uh, and like with the guys that they left behind on the circuit, making their name names for themselves and for that quote-unquote indie flippy shit style. Right. Taking, taking over and making it relevant again. Yeah, the thing about 2011 was um, it really ushered in the reality era as David Shoemaker likes to call Ooh, it. I haven't heard that one in a while. Hey, it's true. And uh, you could say that you kind of had flashes of it as early as 2005 during yeah. the Edge, Lita, and Matt Hardy uh, love That's triangle. That's what I was looking for, yeah, the reality yeah. era. Yeah, yeah but yeah. the reality era really uh, went to fifth gear in 2011. And uh, watching Money in the Bank live on Jack TV, what's going to happen? That feeling and the recapturing magic of being a wrestling fan for me. That's why that memory is so precious to me. But speaking of 2011, uh, Ro, you already mentioned yeah, yeah. Daniel Bryan mm-hmm. winning his first world title, yes. a moment you and I still celebrate to this day <laughs> uh, for many reasons. It wasn't like the best moment. It wasn't the best first championship win ever. Oh, no, no, no. By no, no, means. no, no. By no means. Yes. But the fact that it happened, the way yeah, it happened yeah. was fucking amazing. Uh-huh. Plus, it led to heal Daniel Bryan, uh-huh. which we'll get to in the following year. Uh, but another underrated moment, which no- nobody's uh, brought up yet, is the rise of Zack Ryder. <laughs> Zack Ryder, who still holds a very special place in my heart, proved that you could get over on your own without the machine using the internet because he was actually the pioneer in getting yourself over on social media. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Z, true Long Island story. Yeah, he made himself the internet champion. Yeah, yep, yep. You know, no one can take that away from Zack Ryder. So, he's the first content creator in WWE. Yeah, I mean, before Up, Up, Down, Down, or Being the Elite, or Cuatro TV, and all these other wrestling content that people independently create now, uh, Zack Ryder was really the, the game changer. And it sucks that he didn't really get to reap the rewards. I, I really think it sucks. And but I don't know. paved the way. No, no, no. Uh, speaking as someone with ring experience, I think the fact that he got over and then... Uh, 
maybe didn't get the outcome he wanted, but he still got something out of it. Was uh, good enough. For one, may trabaho pa siya. Oh, may trabaho pa siya. And to this day, yeah, this day. I guess maybe he's happy with just you know raking in the WWE money. Oh, we believe we action figures. Yeah, exactly. He has diba? his major wrestling pod. Yeah, he 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 is able to start a new life with Chelsea Green. You know, he won uh, he won championships yeah, at yeah. multiple WrestleManias. Yeah, I think I think uh, he might not be as validated as we want him to be, but he is still validated. He He's and it was all because of all that stuff that he did before. Yeah, in so, that year. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is also the, uh, also the year I got into radio, and I was using a lot of Zack Ryder elements on my radio show. Whoa. So yeah, not not just that. Even you. Are you serious? Bro? No, I, I was gonna say just just I remember the. Oh yeah, at the, the end. Most. Yeah, that was my end tag yeah. uh, on radio. So I was kind of finding my voice through wrestling because of Zack Ryder. So I owe a great deal of this persona I've built on air. Thank you, uh, Zack Ryder. To Zack Ryder. Okay, uh, let's go to 2012. Can can I start this just because it was so great? Sure. Now this was the year that Okada really came into his own. Okay. Now this was this was coming off of the TNA, TNA. excursion, and then they put him in the G1, and the the final is Carl Anderson versus Okada, and that's the one that Okada wins, and then sub, he goes on to win the championship down the line. But this was really the year that you started to see why why we were why the mistreatment of Okada in TNA was such a travesty. Because here is the guy who today we're looking at as is the ace. Uh, not just the ace, but head and shoulders above so many of the quote unquote best guys in the industry. You look at the legend that Okada has become, it starts here. And if you don't get if you don't get him coming home and setting that template for returning returning excursion wrestler gets that push. I don't know, man. You might not have a Jay White. You might not have a Tetsuya Naito. You might not have a lot of these guys who are like considered the top wrestlers in the world if it's not for Okada in this year. All right. Uh, 2012 was a crazy year for WWE Ooh, because that was so the entire much. calendar year that so CM much. Punk was champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was right in the middle of the 434-day reign. The 434. The 434. That's number one. Uh, number two, The Rock was finally back in the swing of things. He returned the year before in 2011. But as he did a at referee. the tail end. Yeah. At uh, the tail end for that special match. Right, right. Um, I, I think Awesome Truth, right? Yes. That Awesome that Truth run. So, so The Rock was there, but he really came back 2012 at WrestleMania. Uh, that was the mania where Sheamus defeated Daniel Bryan in 18 seconds. Yes, sir. Uh, that was the WrestleMania that Cena and Rock were supposed to go once in a lifetime. Wink, wink, but nudge, didn't. nudge. <laughs> Uh, 2012 was also the year that Ro went to law school. Yeah, okay, so I <laughs> I took myself out of commission here uh, in the latter half of the year. Um, that was right in the middle of me having a column on Lords of Pain, all that. When uh, Lords of Pain was a thing! Still, is, still a thing. is a thing, but it's not as much of a thing anymore as it was back in those days. So I had to uh, take myself out of the fandom because I just didn't have time. And then the only time I got brought back in that year was when the Shield debuted on Survivor Series. In yeah. Survivor Series, so I w- I was at my day job then in Makati, and I remember messaging Ro that Monday morning, mm-hmm. like, "Dude, what the fuck is going on? Who the fuck are these Shield motherfuckers?" And he was like laying it out for me. Uh, Dean Ambrose is the former John Moxley. Seth Rollins is uh, this guy Tyler Black, and Roman Reigns is this Samoan dude. Blah blah blah. The thing I didn't none, and uh, that was already when current uh, format NXT was live. Uh, these guys already had their spots. Seth Rollins was NXT champion. Yep. And uh, I barely followed, but Champa, I knew who these guys were 
in the developmental system. Was this also the same year that a rebranded Husky Harris debuted? Or no, no, that was the following yet, year. Mm. Following year, payon. Mm. Uh, yeah, because um, like Ro and I had met each other the following year, 2011, in a comic book writing yes. class, and he was wearing a John Cena shirt. So like, uh, and and I was given a heads up by his ex, who's a friend of mine from college. Now, oh yeah, you're gonna be in the same class. You're gonna get along just fine, and uh, that's pretty much what started this long road that led to the podcast and beyond. Uh, where were you in 2012, Chino? In terms of your family, I was in college. Still, for year the, what? Year what? For the third time in a third different school. Uh, I know. I was. This was way after Simu. Oh, right, this was right. already CSB days. I was also uh, right, right, right. in my first year as a junior jock uh, hey. with Magic 89.9. Not I was so junior. Why well, was one of the? Hey, Wow, never heard that before. I was in my first year as a JJ. I remember watching WWE uh, more intently that year because that was also the year like you got the Shield debuted. CM Punk was just coming off at, off of asking for people. To bring back ice cream bars, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I remember the ice cream bars more specifically because I am fat. But uh, <laughs> the whole Shield debut, I wasn't, I wasn't as enthused as everybody else. To be honest, I okay. wasn't buying into it as much because I didn't really know who they were. I wasn't paying attention to NXT at that point in time. However, my brother who was more invested in the product started laying it out for me that these guys are here uh, to take over and to change the system as we know it which they go on to do yeah they, they were absolute game changers uh, the shield were um, and I thought this is also the year that Team Hell No uh, rose up yeah, yeah, yeah. and became yeah, a thing yeah that was a thing yeah right Team Hell No with their uh, therapist <laughs> yeah. Dr. Yeah, Dr. Yeah, yeah. Those, Dr. That, that, that was the shit I missed when I was in law school tapos yung ano yung kasama nila sa therapy na si Harold who's Scorpio Sky <laughs> oh yes, yeah that that's was the thing right. all right let's go to 2013 no, 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 wait 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 before oh. we move to 2013 2012 was the year Cena got divorced and then he started oh. dating Nikki Bella oh shit oh yeah which will come into play later on <laughs> years down the road yeah oh boy Well, right. 2013 bring was it, his divorce. Bring it, bring it up again about when the total. We, we talk about the total. Yeah, yeah. but uh, his divorce was a big deal back then. It was, especially because you know, as you know him, uh, Cena is a huge baby face. Yeah, a high school sweetheart. Oh. Mm-hmm. okay. 2013. That 2013, was the year of the shield. The year of the shield. Year yeah. of the shield. Like you cannot deny. Dean Ambrose had that year-long United States Championship. Oh God, reign. yeah, and we, we all thought he was the leader. Yeah. yeah, when we thought he was gonna be the like. The dude. It was actually it, it actually ended up looking that way, right? Yeah, the, uh, yeah. for a long for a long period of the, time. They gave him the singles championship. Shy mouthpiece. Oh, uh, shy mouthpiece. Shyong yeah. unhinged. Rollins and Reigns were in the Ric Flair and Batista role, uh, yep. so to speak. Uh, and then that was also the year that Daniel Bryan broke away from Kane. And the Yes movement kind of began in 2013. When you yes, yes. Think about if you it. think about uh, it, because uh, 2013 SummerSlam, to be exact, was the was the pay per view. Uh, Brian won his first WWE championship, and then Triple H screwed him over. I remember being so upset yes. when yeah, that yeah. happened. Yeah, that was that was one of those that was one of those instances that. Like, this is this is not real. That started a whole what six months worth of storylines back and forth. Nah, 
are, were they actually pushing Brian here? Were they just crapping on him? I don't know. And was, until now, it's still a big mystery you how uh, much of that was really all premeditated yeah. and planned. And how much was Accidental. Uh But, you, you know, you go back to just very quickly on the shield and how they... Because that if, if you don't have this year, mm. you don't get any of this wonderful Seth Rollins... Like Seth Rollins' run. You don't get Roman Reigns as the big dog. You don't get... John Moxley you subsequently. Get, yeah, you don't get John Moxley, who is now such a hot star in AEW. If you don't set them up in this year. And it's one of those years that you're just like, they ran through everyone that they came in came across. They were so dominating. Those shield bombs through the table. Yeah. And you, it's it's not the, just Yeah. You there was a point that was brought up repeatedly in other shows, other pods, other whatevers, wherein the shield uh are only three guys and yet they are able to corner a four-sided ring. Yeah. So, yeah. Right? There's one side that uh, can be glaring, yeah, glaringly empty that you can lose a tag, but you can't do it with people. I always wondered that. I always wondered that. Now, to be fair, uh, yes, it looks like you can lose a tag, but it's, they're still kind of surrounding you. So, no, but, intimidate naman talaga. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yung point ko eh, it is such an intimidating presence to be in that they're able to do that. Nakatatlo lang sila, diba? Yeah. Two sentimental moments for me in 2013 that I want to bring up. The first is Cody Rhodes and Goldust becoming yes, the Brotherhood. Yeah, the Brotherhood. The Brotherhood. Defeating Roman and Rollins with Dusty in their that corner. Was, that was Dusty the Dusty giving thing. Dean Ambrose oh, a bionic man. elbow. Gago oh, yeah, on a battleground. Yeah. That was, that match, that match was like the one, the one that sticks out to you as like one of the feel-good moments of this decade. Just because you'd never, th- you never thought one, they'd put the two together. Yeah. But also, too, you never thought that Dusty would come along for the ride. Yo, that tag match is still my favorite of all time. Just because of all the feels. I was, yeah. like, I was like, tag match? Okay, I can, I can live with that. That was a tag match. That's my favorite tag favorite match tag of all match, time. Favorite tag match, full stop. Okay. Uh, here's another sentimental moment. Mark Henry and the <laughs> swerve. <laughs> oh, buddy. Y'all the puppets. Y'all, uh, pup- y- y'all got played. Yeah, y'all so, got played. So that's that Salmon swerve, Suit. Though. Oh, getting Sobrang solid. He should have he fucking won the championship. Sayang uh, He should have won the championship after that. Yeah. yeah, Mark Henry reestablishing himself for one last big run. Uh, you know that that was so good. Anything else from 2013 that you guys want to get into? Mm, uh, that was la- uh, Punk's last full year, by the way. Yeah, it was. Um, um, but he was still champ. Oh, I know. Uh, he was um, champion until the pay per view before. Uh, champion until the Rumble. He was. It was okay. You know, speaking on uh, Punk's final year. His impact on the industry is so huge. Wide reach. It's so huge that when he left, you really felt it. Like, I can remember when I heard, for, like, I, I can remember where I was when I first heard the news that he was gone. Like, we couldn't believe it happening. I don't know, 2014. Yun. Yeah, he left in 2014. 14, yeah, man. 14. I'm just saying. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Because in 2013, Punk was feuding with Heyman, and Heyman in his current state wouldn't was have been. Uh, possible without that feud in which he was trying to bring out everyone from Brock Lesnar to Ryback yeah. to whoever have oh, we you. got Punk Curtis Brock, Axel right? fucking Curtis Axel Punk Brock was Punk. next year I no think. no no Punk no, Brock is 2013 because by 2014 he was gone which ah, is yes. a matchup I thought I'd never see yeah. yeah The Rock was WWE champion in 2013 by the way mm, yes he was and, and Cena beat him this a twice in a lifetime uh. at Wrestlemania so 2013 did we also get uh, Rock CM Punk what year was that 
that was yeah, the, that, that was that, was that year. That was that year. That was the rumble. Yeah, the rumble. earlier in the year when uh, Punk dropped the championship. That was also the year 2013 when we formed a Facebook group called Smart Gilas Pilipinas, <laughs> which was originally Loud. intended as a place just Loud. for us to, to to talk wrestling as as if it were a text and shit. Now Jesus, and now it's become basically a shell of itself. Uh, it's a different it's a different animal altogether. intertextuality. We'll get which we will get we'll get there. But but the, that group kasi was pivotal because it gave Ro and I a place to like test all these ideas these conversation points which would lead to the podcast the website and beyond yes so without that group you wouldn't have any of this so. you wouldn't have this podcast yeah, yeah. Have so Mark Henry wouldn't have anything to read. Shout out to a lot of the OG members: Anthony Coelho, who you see at PWR events; Mikey Lurin, who pops up on Smart Henry every now and then. Who has popped up on this podcast for his annual guesting? Yeah, uh, <laughs> Tito MDJ, who we miss. Uh, yeah. He was one of our original bankrollers. Yes, he was. And uh, who else? Um, Marori Morin, uh, who um, still writes for us. Still writes for us from time to time. Jocks Bonkodin, who uh, still manages Spotify accounts every every now <laughs> and then. Does he still? I think so. Yeah. Uh, so those are some of the names that we were uh, connecting with and I, really having this discourse with. Can I just say this might seem like a flash forward oh, to, oh, to go flash forward. But was like a few years after this group was established, I remember Red Redoliero telling me about it and I was asking him to add me. That's I add because he didn't by that time. At that huh. point you were no, because anyone. No, no, at that no, I, I think what like he when he jumps, it's, it became like sort of that close. Like yeah, you have it, to know was, someone. Yeah, to you get have to in. know someone to add it, to be added to the group. Well, you knew Red, so well, you mga accept kasi like you guys, you didn't know who I was. So parang I'm interesting. Down, down. So interesting. I was like, I wondered, and then I meet, I meet you guys a few years down the road. Yun nga, at a uh, PWR show, I believe, and yeah, yeah, that's yeah. when it all started. So yeah, this group is a huge deal. Because without it, I wouldn't have all the people that I work with today. I wouldn't have all the friends I talk wrestling with every day. Yeah. So it's it's just it's just a huge uh, factor. What a year the 2013 oh, was. Looking wow. back at it, right? what a group. <laughs> all right, let's go to the next one. 2014. <gasps> this okay. is this <gasps> is this multiple is, fronts this on this is, year. Let's start so with the many local. Fronts. Let's, let's start, start with the local. local. 2014 was the year that PWR held its first shows. Now, uh, December Sir. 2013, my PWR na. Yeah. But the first trainings, the first shows, they were in 2014. Before the first PWR show, there was a little show called Joshi Jam. That's right. So they brought in um, stars like Tajiri, yeah, Tajiri. Mia Yim. Mia Yim. Oh, Mia yeah. Yim was here. Yeah, very right. young Mia Yim. Yes, that's yeah. right. That's why. Uh, and we had uh, that Filipino Japanese yeah, Shuri. Shuri. Yeah. Yeah. We also had Jiro Ikemen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ikemen Jiro was also here before. He was even Ikemen. Yep. He was Jiro Kurosho at the yeah. time. Uh, yeah, man. Before, before you even get to like the actual. If you were there at the Joshi Jam show, you'll have noticed a lot of uh, names and fixtures that still resonate today or are still involved in the wrestling scene today. Yep. Um, I remember the Estafador and uh, Veronica Shannon on commentary on I that show. I remember seeing an intermission in between the Josie Jam where local guys would step in and pull off moves. Yeah, I believe that was in a Bombay. Uh, they did some stuff in the ring and then Tajiri came in and said and told them off basically saying that 
promising that he would come and train, but he never did. He never did. See, <laughs> here's the thing: kung bakit sobrang uh, thirsty natin for live wrestling at the time. In 2014, it it was five years since the last WWE main show that was held in the Philippines, and Wait, we were we two forgot. years removed from WWFX. Yeah. We which, forgot to mention that. Yeah, uh, 2012. Yeah, let's let's uh, touch on that. Uh, WWFX was an independent show that was basically booked by Sean Devari. Yeah, ex lahat ex uh, WWE alumni. Yes. So you had the likes of Luke Gallows, Rhino, Johnny Mundo, The Hurricane, Colt Cabana, so Colt the Cabana, the main MVP, event, Shelton Benjamin. Yeah, main event championship match was Mundo versus Benjamin. MVP. Yeah. No, no, no. MVP wasn't in the main event, I think. No, but MVP was, was in, in the, the show. show. Yes, well, yeah, he was there. Carlito was at the show. Yes, Carlito he was. was so I, I got to meet a whole bunch of guys. Snitsky. Snitsky was at the show. There's yeah. a picture of me. See, Hurricane, uh, Hurricane was there. See, yeah, Hall. I mentioned Hurricane, Jillian Hall, Melina. Melina, they were all there. So I was the guy who won the uh, oh. guest ring announcer oh, ticket God. that uh, that day. Tapos bidudon lahat ng tao. Yeah. Hey, hey, that was a pivotal moment because that's when I realized, hey, being a heel was actually cool. Yeah, it was. It was. So uh, it 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 was a taste of that, right? And um, that, yes. Okay, okay, Camus. <laughs> all right. So, so that show, WWFX, a lot of the people that we've come to know and be friends with in the local circles, they were actually there at that show. And um, here's a story that we haven't really told on the podcast. So I watched that show with Ro and Anthony Coelho. And I had planned to bring at least one of them with me backstage because you could uh, as the winner of the contest. But Ro was late. Yeah, I was. So he missed his chance to go back to Gorilla to get to meet all of these wrestlers and shit. And I was just texting. I was texting them, dude, I feel so sick, but it's so cool being here, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so that was my first taste of being behind the scenes talaga. And yeah, very influential, that show. Um, it's I, all good. I, I can't believe that that actually happened. Uh, granted, that promotion never took off for one reason or another. Like, they had just one more show in Russia. This, yeah, you know, um, I don't know. I think uh, they just didn't have the money. But uh, it was really smart of them to bank on their WWE popularity. Yeah, they just, it, like, most of them just got off WWE TV yeah. at that time, right? At the and time, so yeah. They, they capitalized on yeah. their exposure, which is good. Yeah, they drew a decent crowd here. I mean, the match quality, it, it is what it is. It, no, it's WWE house show. Yeah, yeah. Same thing as we get when WWE itself comes I remember down. the Carlito match against Snitsky, I believe. When it was they a just, street fight. Which is a street fight, which is basically just an excuse to climb bleachers. Yeah, which um, is totally upper box. Oh, I'm saying upper box, but they were just basically back clubbing each other around Araneta, which is. It is and that it is. was enough for everyone. No, right? Yeah. At the time. Yeah. So, so you fast forward to 2014 and people are banking on, or, or the Joshi Jam crew was banking on the star power of Tajiri. And to an extent, I would say Mia Yim. Because yeah. she has a notoriety in that. Uh, ROH. Uh, yeah. And, and, and TNA. Run, Wasn't she with TNA? No, TNA was, no, no, was, she was, was not. She was not with TNA yet. Because if she were, then she wouldn't have been able to come, I think. Yeah. Okay. But so it was weird. Like I knew who Mia Yim was, like heading into that, right? And I wasn't really following a lot of wrestling outside WWE at this point. Was this the year that the Syrian portal became a thing? Uh, yes. The Assyrian portal meme. Actually, 2010. Uh, no, no, no. The, twi- the, the meme. The, the yes. meme. Yeah. That was this year. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's where I can place it also. So after Joshi Jam comes Revolution Now. And what I remember distinctly from that show was it was a show basically for the family and friends of the wrestlers who were part of Bootcamp. It was Match a test one. show. Yeah. It was, was a test show. the now famous Bobby Suarez. Yes, yes it is. Yes, it yes. is. Uh, it was held there. With very few, with like minimal footage. Yeah, I remember, I remember seeing the video for this. It was released. And uh, it was... It, it it was hard to believe that there were these guys who came together who had no actual well okay fine no minimal 
minimal training, diba? who just got together for the love of wrestling just to gauge how much people will actually come and pay for these shows. Yeah. This was it was a very raw show. It was just bare bones with about uh, I, I'm gonna say twenty people, maybe less. But but ingat puro family and friends. And you know, yeah, exactly. In such a small venue, <laughs> they didn't have a ring yet. They only they did had it trash bags room. for curtains. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was just it was so so backyard wrestling esque. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say. Um, uh, before that show happened, I was pretty skeptical of PWR uh, because when I when I said to myself I was gonna be, I was gonna become a wrestler, I had taken the advice of you know other wrestlers who tell you to go look for a good teacher. Yeah, so but there are no teachers. Exactly, that's the thing. So the idea of myself and many other people was that you would have to go abroad. You would have to go abroad to find a good school. So the plan was always to go to the states. Learn wrestling there, come back here, and then teach whatever, and then you know, do, start make something. that make that happen here. Yeah. After some time there, uh, so I was pretty skeptical of PWR because of that, and uh, it was after I saw the the video, the, the little highlight video. Now I figured, okay, they got the right idea. It might not be perfect, but it's, it's a good idea. It's uh, something to get started with, and it wasn't as dangerous or you know it's silly, reckless, it's exactly yeah. reckless it as it's, uh, yeah. It's the start of something. It planted the seeds for what we have yeah. now. And if it weren't for the show, we might not have. You the, wouldn't have. No, you honestly, if it were, I say not have the seed in Southeast Asia. If it weren't for guys like Bombay Suarez and Draven Sloan, who, despite their relative lack of experience compared to you know teachers who would come in in later, later years, years. Uh, they they got started on the right foot, and you know it pretty much helped along a lot of guys who were thinking about getting into wrestling. Yeah, so you had your OGs, your Jake DeLeons and Chris Panzers. Those are the guys who were Ken part of that pioneer batch. Ken Warren. Ken Warren, because you know, I, I know you guys are fighting sometimes, but you <laughs> cannot, you cannot. You can't forget Ken Warren. Can't, can't forget Ken Warren. And him. even guys who would show up and not be seen, like Jay Sarah. Yeah, yeah. Nina. 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 So they, they were some of the OGs. Um, uh, looking back at 2014, that was also the year that the podcast was born. Yes, sir. And after it was Mania. born. No, after Joshi Jam. Yeah. Because technically, yes. Technically, yes. We recorded a pilot episode that's now been lost into the ethers of cyberspace. Uh, I was coming off a breakup at the time, and Ro thought it would be a great idea to get my mind off did it. Did we upload that episode? No, we never did. <laughs> I think yeah, I lost the There's copy. an episode zero somewhere. Yeah, on yeah, somewhere. Somewhere. Zero. Somewhere. Anyway. Yeah, so we, we recorded that test episode. And after Brian won the championship at WrestleMania 30 in the main event. Which uh, we watched together. Which Kamas and I watched together. It was the first time we'd reconnected in years at that point. No, I, no we reconnected <laughs> at work. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Work. On the and streets then, of work. But this was the first time in the context of wrestling. Of wrestling. Yeah. Yes, yes. So we were at that uh, WrestleMania viewing party that OGPWR put yeah, together. Yeah, at Google Bar, which is still alive, by which the way. Which we yes. still go to which, every yeah, now and then. Go when, to. When, when we have yes. Where where there is footage of Andrew Tang dancing. Yeah, 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 yeah there is. Uh-huh. Some stuff. Also footage of uh, Evan Carlo and Jemerlin rapping on stage. <laughs> to Salbakuta. To Salbakuta. Yes. yes. But that's the thing. Google Bar, Google Bar will Pretty always instrumental have... in Philippine wrestling history when you <laughs> think about it. It's a landmark. It's a landmark for us. It's, yeah. it's somewhere to visit. Why did you not Oh, surprisingly. Surprisingly. But, but 2014, yeah. like, 2014, like at the end of it, for PWR was like 
How many shows were there? There were only two. It was really just uh, um, Renaissance. Renaissance and Terminus. Terminus, yeah. Yeah, so by Renaissance, Ro and I, we went to cover it because we were already podcasting and PWR. Yeah. I was, no, I was also editing. You began to edit, yeah. By that uh, time, somewhere that between time. Renaissance but and Terminus. I don't think you were at the show. I wasn't, no, I wasn't at the show because yeah. I can clearly remember I went to the 10th anniversary of She's Only 16. Oh, okay. Who would right. subsequently play a role in this big yeah, story. All right. <laughs> yeah. all right. So, yeah, we found ourselves there covering Lang As Media. And then uh, at some point, we, we uh, sent feelers out. They also sent feelers out that they wanted us to get involved. And that led to Ro joining Bootcamp and to me suiting no, up no, as no, Mr. They, C. They opened up Bootcamp. They opened up Bootcamp in general first. Yeah, yeah. I joined Bootcamp. Yeah, then. The rest happened. And, the then, rest is and then you you got picked up as GM, and yep, yep. I reluctantly got picked up as announcer. We'd, we'd, we'd like you to be general manager, pa. <laughs> oh, and by the way, Camus, we don't have an announcer yet. So, go now. Yeah, so that's that's how it began, like our deep involvement into the scene. On uh, that, oh, oh, in that momentous year, Q3, Q4. Yeah. And Chino, you were at those two shows. I was not at the very first show in MCS. I was at one of the first shows at MCS. I can't really remember what it was. I feel like it's Revo X. Uh, that was the that following was, year. That was the following year. Now. Yeah. But, but that was like, you got to see, you actually got to see the current, like a lot of those names that you associate. Yeah. No, I remember the year that uh, the Estafador won the that's next year, 2015. That's yeah. 2015. Yeah. Following year, yeah. It's following year, but just just to uh, put the bow on 2014, I guess. It, when when you look at WWE, we talked about WrestleMania 30. It was big because of one Daniel Bryan, two the Undertaker streak ending. Oh yeah, yeah yes, that happened yes. that year. It was the it was really the start of the downhill slide for Taker. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you could really tell that he was tired of the streak in that year. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, around that time, news started popping up online, one of the early forms of the dirt sheets, wherein Taker was actually in, to- in talks with then UFC contender Brock Lesnar to yeah. make a comeback and to ask him to end the streak because he was, it was weighing on him in his age to have to put up uh, year after such year after year, after year, year, year such that. epic matches against such tough guys. So he just wanted to break the facade. And it's funny that we're talking about The Undertaker uh, at this point because in the same year, his counterpart in WCW would eventually make his way to WWE. That's Sting. Mm-hmm. So Sting uh, makes his uh, debut at Survivor Series. He goes after Seth Rollins, who was now a heel after he'd broken the shield up. Another oh big moment oh in that year. God. Um, it was that year? Shit. It was that, that year. year. That year. 2014. Because that was so also all the, memes, the year. Yeah, the go memes go of uh, Seth. Ah, yeah, because Batista was still there. Yes, yes. Blue Tista. Blue Tista. Batista had just left. Yes, yeah. so Evolution had reformed, and then Batista had left. Guardians of the Galaxy came out yeah. that year. That's why Batista was in for one quick WWE run. Uh, Paige also made her debut on yeah, the main yeah, roster uh, in this year with the surprise win over AJ Lee. Yes. Do you know that this was also the year that we got the first NXT pay per view? Yes. 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 That That's is right. Arrival. That, that Arrival. That, and subsequently, our evolution. Our evolution and rival. And rival. Nah. Those, all three. No, I think takeover, Muna. Takeover. The first takeover. The first takeovers. But this, this is where you sort of get NXT is a bigger deal than just developmental and then one hour a week. 
Diba? It, ga- it gave us glimpses of the NXT we know of today. It uh, gave us it gave us Sammy and KO. Yeah, 2014 was the uh, no, the start of the well. It was the year that NXT Sam- Five came in. Sammy yes, and uh, Sammy and uh, Sammy and KO. And yeah. yeah, but your NXT Five that was Pac or Neville, Kenta yeah. or Hideo Itami, Sami Zayn, Finn Balor, and Kevin Owens. Yes. All of those All guys five were were holding down the fort in 2014. <laughs> Three are, Such three, a good time! Three are only and uh, are still here. Yeah, but you know, that was my favorite time in NXT until yeah. now. In parin yung Actually, for uh, me, the golden year uh, when those five guys were tearing down the house. I, yeah. I liked it because it was still developmental. Yeah. You but know? it was so much more than yeah. just yeah. developmental. Yeah, it wasn't. See, yeah, you could see that it was impossible to hold this product down mm. uh, just as developmental. It had charm as. Just uh, you know, developmental with you know some really good top indie guys sprinkled in, as opposed to being a uh, uh, WWE sponsored indie brand. Yeah, yeah. And, and speaking of indie brands, just 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 one major major highlight in that year also mm-hmm. was the w- which was instrumental. Like I have to say, for intergender wrestling and women's wrestling as a whole, was Candice and Joey versus the Young Bucks in that PWG bloodbath of a match. That happened in 2014 where you got Candice LeRae getting busted open and winning the tag team championships against the Young Bucks in a match that I think everyone in this room has seen. Yes? I've seen it. I've seen, seen, it I've seen clips of it. Yeah. You've seen clips of it. Rose seen it. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those seminal matches that when you see that and you see what women's wrestling can be. Yeah. Uh, David Shoemaker talks about it on his pod about how Candice LeRae is packaged as this wholesome underdog when in reality in the indie she goes into death matches yep, yep. and yep. destroys. And tags with uh, Joey, Joey Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> yeah, the pre, sleaziest pre, motherfucker. No, I was going to say pre-dick pre, 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 wrestling. <laughs> yes. Joey Ryan. So it's like it's in this year that you get the sh- women can be hardcore wrestlers thing. Thing. Yeah. All right. thing. One of the last things I want to talk about in 2014 was this was the year that Roman Reigns was exposed. Because when the Shield oh, broke yeah! up. Five moves of Doom Roman. Yeah, Roman's limited moveset was exposed, and a lot of people started shitting on them, present company included. Uh, we had a recurring segment yeah, on the I w- podcast. I will say, I will say, nah, that. Uh, I, I regret that segment because knowing what I know now uh, with experience, <laughs> yeah. um, that when was when we had zero experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was like the least of uh, a wrestler's problems. Young five moves, yeah, adding moves, yeah. Because he really, but at the time, because it was so glaring yeah. that that was all he had. Hey, this week he added a big boot. <laughs> no, the yeah. problem why uh, the, the reason rather why it was so glaring was be- because Roman Reigns' stories weren't all that good either. Yeah, yeah. At so, this point, so they nila, pina force nila na this guy's your main eventer and all that. So there. The um, thing is, is now you still see him do the same what five moves, but you know since his stories are better, his execution maybe is a little better. Uh, it doesn't matter anymore that he has five moves. So and I wanted to take back what we said all those years ago. All right, so we're at the halfway point of our re, uh, of our retrospective on the 2010. So we'll take a quick break, and uh, we'll return after this really shortly. All right, here's part two of our retrospective look at the 2010. So we're recor- uh, recording this part without Camus because we did this on the first day of the rise of Skywalker. <laughs> so Camus went off and went to his screening because yep. it's free and Uh-oh. because he gets to bring his lightsaber. So good for him. Good for Camus. Okay. Gets to play with key kids in need. Uh, yeah. In exchange for Star Wars tickets. 
yeah, yeah. Uh, sounds like a good deal, right? So there. Uh, we're going to be kicking off now from 2015. Yeah, I guess. Uh, hold on. Let, let's let's fix the mics. Okay. Where am I? Yeah, yeah. There, there, there I am. Okay. Okay, so 2015 starts as it always does in January. So when it's January, you know what that means. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom 9. 9 by 10. So uh, I think um, Wrestle Kingdom has been going for a while now, as you can see from the number here. But there's no matter. No matter. No matter. It used to be just called the January, January 4, 4 show, Dome right? Show. Yeah. But uh, Wrestle Kingdom 9, I think, is the beginning of when uh, NJPW starts to become a little more mainstream. Because the while um, you got guys like Okada, Tanahashi doing the work, uh, Nakamura also coming up. Uh, the match between Kota Ibushi and Nakamura uh, goes viral with wrestling fans. So for those who don't uh, typically watch uh, NJPW, like they me, get, yeah, they get turned on to this match by word of mouth. Yeah, that was the match yeah. that got me into NJPW. Yep. Uh. And it was also the fact that it was the first show that had English commentary. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so that was yeah, Jim yeah, Ross yeah, and uh. Josh Barnett. No, Matt Stryker. Ah, sorry, oh, Matt Stryker. Pala. It yeah, was yeah, Matt yeah. Stryker and Jim Ross. Uh, so it definitely helps in uh, uh, understanding, right? Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I knew next to nobody. I just knew the names and the faces, but I didn't know what they were all about. Yep. I just knew Nakamura was Japanese Michael Jackson. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you uh, you and Kamos were telling me that if I wanted to take this podcast shit seriously, <laughs> I had to expand beyond the <laughs> WWE umbrella. Can we also go back a bit, back to 2014, and talk about the first episode of a little show called Lucha Underground? <laughs> Fuck. Yes. Right. Oh, we forgot about yeah, Lucha yeah. Underground because for what it is... It had such yes, an impact yeah. on the industry. I can't believe know. that was 2014. That was 2014, according to Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah, tama, tama. 2014, we had the debut of guys like Prince Puma. Yeah, yeah. A little later on the in the series run, we get Matanza Cueto. Mm-hmm. We saw Johnny Mundo become a Johnny, main eventer. Yep. Johnny Mundo stepped up big in this series. Uh, we met... Pentagon Junior, then mm-hmm. Pentagon Dark, uh, Phoenix, Phoenix, yeah. Phoenix yeah. was there. Angelico um, and Jack Evans. Uh, Mil- for me, na panutko regularly. Mil Muerte. Mil- yeah, Mil Muertes. Mil Muertes. Mil Muertes. Yeah, yeah. And see, uh, the the trio of Ivelisse, Matt Cross, and and Helico. Right. Yeah. yeah. So and yeah, a lot, it, of, a lot of names rose up. Basically. Yeah. Um. Basically, it. The the whole show went out with a whimper. What as late as this year or last year? Early last year. Last year, uh, but for what it was at the time, uh, it was so radically different from, from what we were used to in uh, when it comes to wrestling products. So everyone supported it until you know it yeah killed itself. That especially in that first year yeah. of Lucha Underground, it was so game changing. Yeah, like everybody around it started to pay attention to the fact that hey there was this wrestling show that actually had great cinematography yeah yeah that actually had a filmmaker behind it mm-hmm. that actually had Mark Burnett behind it mm. in a way it was actually the revolutionary show uh, in wrestling yeah so moving back to 2015 uh, you know you had Wrestle Kingdom that was my first New Japan experience same same and then after that, you had that triple threat at the Royal Rumble between Cena, Lesnar, and Seth. Oh, I remember watching this at Camus's place. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, that was also the year that everybody wanted Brian to get another shot at the Royal Rumble and the main event. Yeah. And all we got was him coming in at number 10, then getting punked by Bray Wyatt. Yeah. So uh, it was, this was uh, near the end for him. 
Um, in his first run. Yeah. 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 Uh, but two things happened at WrestleMania 31 th- uh, that year. So one was Daniel Bryan became Intercontinental Champion. Yes. And he became a Grand Slam Champion during that match. And uh, not long after that, he would be forced to retire. Mm. But the second thing that happened uh, that year was the heist of the century. Yes, yes. Oh Seth God. Rollins standing tall at the end after making a groundbreaking move, cashing in money in the bank in during the main the event match, yeah. of WrestleMania. Triple threat. Turning yeah. it into a triple threat and then being champion by the end. So at the time, yung mga cool stats lumalabas like Seth is the second straight former ROH world champion to stand tall as WWE champion yep. at the end of Mania. Mm-hmm. It was a big deal back uh, back in 2015. Uh, ano, ano yung first time na nag-cash in money in the bank. Uh, it was also WWE's way of listening to the fans again, kind of like what they did for Brian at Mania in uh, Mania 30. Yeah, you remember that... Uh, in, during that time, it was in the middle of a big Roman Reigns push that nobody wanted. Yeah. So it was either you leave with Roman being champion, which nobody wants, or you leave with Lesnar continuing to be uh, a part-time champion, which nobody really did like either. Yeah. Uh, Ronda Rousey also made her first appearance yeah. on WWE television at that mania. When you look back at it, uh, Rusev came out in a tank against Cena. And that was the beginning of the end of that Rusev was, being w- taken seriously. Yeah, yeah, that was the U.S. Championship match, right? Yes, it was. Yes, uh, which led to the John Cena you, Open Challenge. You found Rocky versus uh, Ivan Drago. Ivan Drago. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, 2015 was also the year that Kevin Owens became a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he yes. became NXT champion and he started appearing uh, on on back then was the main programming. Yep. Yeah, uh, he would have epic matches against John Cena. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, WWE also came to town Itong time na to Kasi 2014 They went to Malaysia yeah. 2015 They went to Singapore mm-hmm. Before they returned In 2016 So mm-hmm. I went to that Singapore show And it was Game changing for me To see live wrestling again yeah. And it really made me uh, Eager to be More involved with the scene And uh, we There were certain things We learned uh, From that show Which we talked about before Na dinala namin dito sa Pinas Um what else happened? Uh, the New Day uh, was, was already a thing, yeah. a thing in yeah. 2014. But in 2015, that's when they really took off as heels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's amazing to think that they're all still together today. Uh, the Undertaker and Brock Lesnar were feuding in 2015. Yeah, no, the New Day started off as heels. It's so hard to think back to that. I don't even remember that phase. Yeah. Uh, here's another thing that happened in 2015. The end of Tyson Kidd's career. Oh yeah! Oh god! Uh, because Samoa oh. Joe was in a was uh, in that match with him. Yeah, that yeah. muscle buster. Yeah, and we were just uh, months removed from Christian having his last in-ring appearance in 2014. Yep. So, major connected yun, yung last matches in a Tyson Kid and Christian in a sense, uh, because Christian's last match was an icy title contendership yep, match against yep. Kid and Cesaro, and then Kid and Cesaro would become a team, and then after that, uh, Kid would have that match with uh, with Joe, and then you know. Uh, Total Divas also became a thing in 2015. Yes. can't believe it was this late. I, I, I imagine it was earlier, but uh, hey. Uh, 2015 introduces us to the couple of uh, Brie Bella. And, and Daniel John, Bryan. And Daniel Bryan yeah. and John Cena and Nikki Bella. And Natalia and Tyson Kidd. Oh, yeah, yeah. But we're, we already knew like two of those couples, right? Yeah. Uh, Naomi and Jimmy Uso panan exposed in Sela because of that show. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Total Divas, uh, we, we make fun of that now, but... When you think about it, 
ang laki din ng impact niya on the mainstream uh, on on wrestling trying to achieve mainstream status. Yeah, yes. it, it opened up a whole new avenue of fans who weren't necessarily wrestling fans, but they they watched Total Divas on E uh, and yeah. then got to know the wrestlers without ever having seen. I uh, mean, I mean the fact that it aired on E mm. apart away from all the other wrestling show channels, but well, that's a USA, yeah, that's yeah. Fox now. It was it separated itself towards the market it was aiming for, which was women. Who weren't necessarily interested. Yeah, yeah. Naramdaman ko siya personally because you were. Uh, you were no, it was your we'll job. We'll get into that. We'll get into that <laughs> later. Uh, the first point I wanted to bring up was my mentor in radio, see si Chloe, uh-huh. uh, who was with Mellow at the time. She's this uh, mid 30s woman who only knows of wrestling through Hulk Hogan and Warrior, etc. But she watched Total Divas, and because of that, updated she with Cena, Brian, the Bellas, and all that. Wow. So that was a direct person that I knew who, who basically lived out what you just said. Now, they were part of that new audience that WWE was trying to cultivate. But the second was I did work for E Philippines during this time. And I was the one who was targeting Young Total Divas promos towards the wrestling fans, which is why, you know, which explained like why the Facebook groups I was in at the time was pr- uh, were promoting these um, Divas Championship uh, belts and these Diva t shirts. So, yeah, uh, um, 2015 was also the year that the word Diva was being phased out. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They were. Um, yeah, they, they, they still had the Divas Championship. Yeah, back then. Um, they didn't get rid of it until the following yeah. year. Uh-huh. But that was the year that Paige, uh, sorry, Becky, Sasha, and Charlotte were all called up oh, God. together. That was the gang warfare. The worst call up ever. Well, the gang yeah, warfare. Uh, Triple H addresses this in his interview with Corey Graves on After the Bell. Yeah, uh, where he says that his the women's division was basically stripped. Of their stars, and he was only left with basically Asuka. No, uh, Bailey Lang and ba- Asuka. Yeah, Bailey and Asuka at that time. Mm. Um, and because of the call ups by these three, you'd think there'd be more of an impact when it happened. I mean, there was an impact. But you didn't uh, feel it until the following exactly. year. Exactly. Yeah. Because of this, you see the seeds of the evolution, the uh. women's evolution, as we know it today. Uh, yeah, but those seeds really got off on a rocky start. Imagine being in a group called the Submission Sorority. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Which I'm glad they changed, by the way. No, I, I'm not glad because PCB was such an oh, uninspired yeah, name. Yeah. Um, Submission Sorority so, was actually pretty good. It sounds, it, it's hard to shake the porn reference of something. No, but to be honest, though, if you didn't know that it, there was a porno titled Submission Sorority, it, it was fly over it, your it head. Was okay, it was an okay name. It cut out on the one that, you know, if you Googled it, <laughs> that's what, what would happen. Yeah, yeah PCB Team Bad. Team uh, Bad. Naomi, Bad. Tamina, and yeah. Sasha. Yeah. Uh, and then Team Bella, yeah, which yeah. is the Bellas and Alicia Fox. Ooh, that's so bad. Um, yeah. I don't know. I still don't know to, to this point why they decided to do it that way. Yeah, uh, it, it was super odd. Uh, tough Enough also happened that year, 2015. So that was a Tough Enough batch of Mandy Rose, Sonia Deville, Velveteen Dream, uh, and a couple others who um, passed through the WWE system uh, for various lengths of time. Mm-hmm. But those, were, I, I think, are the, the top three. Yes, definitely. 
And it's more glaring to point out that the three guys who we know of today as established superstars didn't actually win tough enough. <laughs> yeah, they didn't. The, to be they, fair, uh, uh, yung sumpa, yeah, you know? in its history, naman, eh, you didn't need to win tough enough to, exactly. to make it big. I mean, a lot of the winners, all of the winners, in fact, of tough enough aren't really in yeah. Did Johnny Mundo win? I think no, he no, did. He did no, not. he did not. He didn't. The Maven. Maven won his batch. Where is Maven? There was the Miz came in second yep, to Daniel yeah. Pewter. Yep. Yep. Where's Pewter now? Right. So uh, that was 2015. Let's go to the local side. Let's reminisce on 2015. Because 2015 was the year that PWR's bubble really began to, I guess, burst. Okay. Like it, it in was what the, way? Um, yun, yun tipong, uh, that's when we had the most paying fans. Yeah. Um, because we really filled up Makati Cinema Square during those days. Yeah, the novelty was strong back then. Uh, we filled up uh, MCS because one, the scene was totally new. Um, the idea of Philippine wrestling was fresh and buzzworthy. Plus, the shows were really cheap at two fifty a pop, right? Yeah. So, coupled uh, you couple those factors together, and you get uh, uh, viewership that is unprecedented until uh, But uh, I do think that PWR uh, grew too fast too soon at the time. Yeah. Uh, we uh, the company got a lot of uh, exposure, a lot of uh, media, media exposure, yeah, media features and all that. But um, si Ramon Bautista, diba? wasn't yep. he at the shows? No, no, no that, was, that wasn't until the following year. Yeah, 2016, pa yan. Um, it just really was too much too soon. That uh, I would have, pref- I would have personally preferred it if we got everything, all all that, all that highlights. Uh, a, y- a year or two after. The funny thing about 2015 and PWR was at the same time now we would hold shows months apart. In yep. a way, para uh, quarterly siya, pero hindi. Uh, and um, w- um, that was the year that we met you, Chino, 2015. Yes. Uh, we also uh, became friends with Cor Canaris at that point. And yes. he was one of the frequent viewers at the time. And yes. he actually told me in private that maybe you guys should consider just holding shows once a quarter. Uh-huh. That way, you keep people wanting more without overexposing yep. yourselves. Yeah. And this was the time that pinag-uusapan na ng PWR yung monthly shows. As early as 2015, yep. yeah. usap-usapan na yun mm-hmm. uh, as part of the expansion, right? So was, there was a bit of push-pull between what people wanted internally and what people wanted out of PWR. Yeah. And it was a matter of finding the happy balance. The problem was uh, the leadership at the time um, got in bed with um, some shady characters Na didn't get to contribute to the growth of PWR, at least not the level we'd liked. I'll tell you this: uh, it's for one, it's not wrong that we should have kept things to a minimum. Uh, Inya tamang na uh, PWR shouldn't have overexposed itself in its uh, relative infancy. Uh, it could have done more with less. But on the other hand, you don't get better without experience. That's and, right. Um, Doing mat, doing practice matches every week at the Bombay Suarez Developmental Center could only get you so far, especially when it's not a real wrestling ring. Um, you needed you needed that experience in front of a live crowd to really hone your craft. And let's be real, like. Um we take the good with the bad. Uh. So we told you a bit about the bad. But the good side was you saw the rise of younger players like Mark DiPanalo alongside Canto Terror, right. the Fighters for Hire, Dual Shock, uh, Ralph Imabayashi, yep. John Sebastian, Tima uh, Bachnele. Then ultimately, uh, you, you had the makings of guys like Vintendo, mm. uh, a young idol 
Mm-hmm. Or at least Idol before he grew his hair out. Right, right. Uh, they all uh, made their debuts th- uh, in that year, 2015. Yeah, I, I honestly wouldn't have changed a thing back then. We had to get out there and do shows. We had to put ourselves in front of the people, even though it wasn't the most perfect product. Towards the end of that year, 2015, one guy uh, started to make some noise, and he's a guy who's still uh, very prominent in today's scene. That's Chino Ginto. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rise of the Chino Ginto character. <laughs> <laughs> that that uh, he he really uh, came to be in 2015. No no no, he didn't come to be until 2016. Uh, he he was still. I still remember this because uh, back then, uh, in 20 at the end of 2015, he was still a uh, young boy. Mm-hmm. So it, 2016 was his year, his coming out year. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah, um, th- there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of people that just wanted a lot of stuff out of PWR. Yeah, and um, it was a shame that uh, there were the efforts to maximize what we were getting, pero hindi natin na na, na, na take advantage talaga. So there, it was hard then to take advantage of it. Um, there just wasn't enough resources to go around, and it's nobody's fault, really. No, no, no. It, it was the fault of some people. I mean, no, like, no, no, you no. don't go into meetings with a fucking baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, are, we, no, no. are we talking about this now? No, th- th- that's, that's not what I meant. I meant that in the bigger picture, um, we didn't have like uh, a whole abundance of time. We didn't have the 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 venue, the right the right place to train, and we and didn't have that. the life experience. Like, yeah, exactly. A lot of us. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean by saying we don't have enough resources to go around. It just wasn't there. We just had to scratch and claw our way into making the scene what it was. Yeah, but 2015 was also the time when we started opening our doors to international trainers who would come Yils. in and share their knowledge. Actually, no, as early, pa, yeah, well, you're right, yes. Sosai King, yeah. uh, we met him that year. Uh, I think Chili Willy was already in town in 2015. Yes, yes, he was. That early. So those are two of the guys who came from abroad and really helped PWR step its game up. Mm. But it wasn't until 2016 when uh, sticking to the local side, uh, that's when um, you saw the talent raise itself to a different level. Right. So at the end of 2015, Ralphie Mabayashi becomes the youngest champion, which drew a very big reaction at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was at iAcademy. Yes, sir. At iAcademy, that's right. Uh, and then we would have the first Revo X at I Academy the following year tw- in 2016. So you have the rise of certain players like uh, Sandata and Chino Ginto. They had that rivalry during that year. You had Ralph coming into his own as a champion only to get taken down again by Brian Leo, leading to that three-way at Revolution X. Uh, you know, JDL and Panzer start getting... Uh, Chris Panzer starts getting uh, international exposure oh, yes, he does, in 2016, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Uh, who else um, makes a big impact on the scene? Uh, in terms of like the company, uh, we got involved with Ramon Bautista, yeah, yeah, and Stanley right. Chi and Jojo, the love survivor in that year. Was, so, was the Casey Montero match this year? Dude? Yes, yes, it was the Casey Montero match. So, uh, I got involved with Chris Panzer, John Sebastian, and Casey Montero in that year as well. So, there was a lot that went on in 2016 in the name of uh, pushing PWR forward as a mainstream property. So, we were getting involved with all these mainstream names uh, through our connections with Fox. And that was because in 2016, the Wrestling Gods premiered. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, uh, early 2016. Early 2016, uh, early 2016. Royal Rumble. Shout out to uh, <laughs> Sandro. Yeah. No, 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 no Sandro doesn't come in until yeah. the no, following he, year. He will be a part yeah, of Yeah, he will be. Uh, he will be, yeah. But the original conversation really was between Fox, myself, and Ro. Mm-hmm. And this is a time now, how, how fitting, Camus isn't here. Uh, <laughs> Camus is going through a lot of stuff. And so we didn't know if Camus would be available for an undertaking like this. 
So and, and enter a classical <laughs> host. Yeah, uh, <laughs> sige, follow you in ref. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 yeah, that was me. I didn't even say anything. No, 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 that was I, me. No, you I said classical host. Story. No, yeah, no, I'm telling you now. Okay. Yeah, uh, Ro and I were having a conversation yeah. walking away from Fox, and we yeah. were talking about the third guy or girl, and then he was the one who uh, brought him up. Yeah, and that I was me. against it. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, I relented, and uh, that's how you get the first season of the wrestling. Yeah. Oh God! But hey, hey, fortunately enough, you know it gets better. Yeah, it, yeah, it does. It does. Huh? It does. You, you add guys like Sandro. Yeah, and yeah, Nina. and and Nina or Nicole. Uh, yeah, Nicole on so the that, show. That doesn't happen t- until the following year. But uh, the wrestling gods, you know, helps us uh, really strengthen that connection with Fox, which in turn helped boost PWR for whatever it was worth at the time. Sure, pero nung ano nung may WWE pa yung Fox. Yes. Yun yung isang yeah, thing no, din. Malakas, malakas pa kasi yung wrestling sa Pilipinas doon, diba? Yeah. Malakas naman talaga. But, I mean, uh, like, with the exposure, Fox, the uh, show. WWE just went uh, a different direction after a while. But that's getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, the thing with the Fox deal in the Philippines was Fox actually got a good deal from the perspective of the wrestling fan. Because you could watch Raw and SmackDown in pay-per-views. Yes. And, uh, you, you didn't really get that since Jack TV. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's why people loved Fox and people loved watching wrestling there. And you know, the wrestling gods came to be and we were like in in some ways like a punching bag for fans. Yeah, yeah. And uh on another sense, parang at least for the people who knew us, we were kind of like their avatars. Mm. So, you know, it, it was a role I was happy to play. Um yeah. and through through uh, that show, we were able to talk more about stuff like AJ Styles and Nakamura yeah. making it to WWE. Yep. But that Royal Rumble with AJ coming in at number three it and then us thinking he was coming out to DMX. <laughs> what a moment. It was that year, no? Yeah, it was. Nakamura coming over to NXT. Mm-hmm. Gallows and Anderson coming over. I was at the WrestleMania, oh sorry, Rumble viewing party, viewing party, yeah. and that pop uh-huh. was unlike anything I've ever heard. And yep. sa loob lang ng barian guys, ah. mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. sa loob lang ng barian, and people were losing their shit as soon as the opening note of his song hit. Yeah, well, no, no, no. When no, they had to see the I Am Phenomenal first. Well, oh, yeah, okay, fine. I exaggerate. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. I Am Phenomenal, lung luwabas. Uh-huh. Then people lost their shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that was uh, two, uh, those are some of the bigger moments from 2016. Oh, how can we forget WWE back in Manila? Wait, before that, sorry, uh, we WWE did come. We, you know, one guy we didn't we didn't get when they came over. Sino? Daniel Bryan, because that was uh, the year. Uh, it's right. February that year. That was when he retired for the first time. Yeah, yeah. So that was really sad mm-hmm. uh, when when we had to watch Daniel Bryan retire and deliver that speech. Um, and we were super sad now that was the year WWE was gonna come back yep. we met the big show that year oh yeah we did yes we did uh, I remember seeing you guys at the at the hotel so Conrad yeah. at the viewing part ah, at, the view, at the signing as well ah, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah Samoa Samoa uh-huh. yun yung day na I really maximized my media availability because I covered him for print TV and radio <laughs> that was crazy yep uh, and uh, that's when I finally realized now, wow, I can like make myself a wrestling media person in the Philippines and you know have access to these events that long ago I would just dream about. And um, so we had the big show meet and greet, follow that, uh, follow that up with the WWE live event. Yes, it na sobrang traffic at the time because you know, uh, traffic sa, sa Manila and then MOA pa, diba? Yep, yep. So, uh, for a lot of wrestling fans our age, it was the first time we would get to an event you, uh, 
with tickets that we'd spend for ourselves. Yeah. Speak well, for yourself, speak please. for yourself. <laughs> well, I didn't pay for my tickets. Exactly. So speak, uh, whoever's listening, speak for yourselves. Yeah, yeah. I haven't paid for a WWE ticket, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you, Chino. Uh, Ro here got to meet the good doctors. Yeah, yeah. I was, part of, I was part of that uh, signing event. Yeah. Um, I got to... I, th- I think it was also part of a media uh, assignment that I had for that. You know. So I got those tickets as part of, uh, for because I had to cover it for media. And uh, I got to meet them along with um, someone who would be later find out as Super P. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was also that time, as in right after that live event, na Alberto Del Rio got released again from yes, WWE. Uh, so he was having his uh, his issues. Uh, he would later end up getting with Paige, and then they would, you know, separate. Oh God! In a yeah. very messy what affair. A tumultuous affair. What a roller coaster that was. That yeah. those couple of years were. Yeah, for both people involved. Uh, uh, we also saw the uh, women's evolution really kick it uh, kick up to a higher gear yes. with the Divas Championship being phased out mm-hmm. and the, the women's. women's championship getting introduced mm-hmm. you had that classic between Becky Charlotte and Sasha at Wrestlemania so that uh, that was a thing uh, we also saw in 2016 all three members of the Shield become champion on the same night mm-hmm. yes and uh, we can't talk about that without discussing what happened after that which was the First, after a long time, WWE draft. Yes. So uh, that was the time when they tried to really make the brand split work. As I said, they still cared about it. Yeah. So you got guys on SmackDown, Dean Ambrose being in the top title picture, and then Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns on Raw. We had Talking yeah. Smack. Yeah, Talking Smack. Uh, Back when Brian oh, was yeah. still GM, yeah, talking smack was a thing. Yeah, right. talking smack was we, a thing. We got introduced to the very first beginnings of Miz and Daniel Bryan. Well, they, uh, they, I mean, they, they story yeah. They, yeah, apparently, but dito, dito yung epic uh, promo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Miz, the yes. how he called out Daniel Bryan for being a small time player, the right. Go back to the bingo hall. Right. I would say that's a top three promo of the decade. Yeah, oh yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. That's really yeah, good. It, it, Probably only second to the pipe bomb. It, <laughs> it highlights. The mic skills of the Miz, which I feel like is at the highest level anywhere in the WWE, right? even mm. I- even as the Miz now, when he's not really a main event player back then, when the Miz spoke on the mic, people listened. Yeah, and, and that was just proof of it. Mm-hmm. Talking Smack, as you know, was unscripted, so that was all him, all promo skills. Yeah. Uh, we also had Goldberg coming back to w- oh, yes. WWE that year, no Survivor Series. Yes. Because they were pushing him as the cover star for 2K17. Woo! Uh, th- there was another thing that was on my mind that you know what um, else we had that year 2016 what? Mm. What? Hey guys the first appearance of Chino Liao <laughs> on the podcast that's right <laughs> well did we talk speaking of 2016 did we talk about the bullshit that went down which oh oh yes <laughs> oh yeah that yeah that's right the first appearance of Chino Liao <laughs> on the podcast <laughs> 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 no, uh, myself over uh, in the local wrestling scene to take it back yeah that's when, when shit really hit the yep. fan and we thought that PWR was gonna die legit like uh, this was the year that we started taking out of town gigs so there was a show in Quezon there was a show in Batanes, Batanes <laughs> obviously um, in you know, which, out of town eh? yeah uh, Manila Madness was Manila also Madness. that yeah, year that was not 
out of town. It well, was just <laughs> we displaced refugees uh, out of good arenas. But there was Quezon that you won. No, no, no. Quezon was. It was also Quezon was. They were supposedly booked for uh, for an overnight stay, but they just got a big room. Na magkakasya lang yung twenty people kapag nakatayu sila. <laughs> Oh my God, I had Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't ask me. I wasn't there. I wasn't there. Either, this is yeah. what was shared to me. Okay, so anyway, by the guys who were there, but yeah, uh, you know, this was full blown estafa at its peak or at its uh, at its lowest low. If you wanna um, look at it from that point of view, and um, we've talked about this on the podcast yeah, so, so many, many times. times already. It's become a running joke. Actually. Technically, we talk about this on every episode <laughs> of the podcast. If you listen intently, like actually listen, we talk about it every week. But the thing is, it really hits close to home. Because even if Ro and I weren't there in, in that moment, um, we would all have been affected by it. Uh. So much. And uh, PWR, as it stands today, would not be here if it weren't for JDL stepping up and becoming president that year. Yeah, I'm uh, speaking from somebody that comes from the same sort of issues and backgrounds that you guys went through. I feel like it's important that it happened this early on in the company's true, uh, true. Uh, 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 existence. Because when it happens later down the road, that you wouldn't get such epic um, shows uh, like, that you get later on you don't get guys like Tengu like like uh, Shao Kat show yeah. up honestly uh, it this really needed to happen because if the previous administration stayed on uh, we would still be small time now exactly. we wouldn't we wouldn't have ever had had homecoming stuff like that you yeah. wouldn't even get to power map yeah exactly right? exactly um, it was just really a small time operation headed by uh, a small time guy small time guy sketchy characters uh I I I dare say that the that PWR might be dead by now if you know if they had stayed on. But had you not gone, having any before some improv, there are no accidents. So when this happened, it was just a changing of the guard. It was natural of. selection. Yeah. <laughs> I'm it was glad you evolution. I'm glad you mentioned uh, homecoming row because we forgot that in 2016 the cruiserweight classic <laughs> happened. Yes, and that's right. when TJP. Uh, stole the fucking show uh, for us, for, for all, all of us. us. Yeah. Yes, that happened in in 2016. Yep, yep. Uh, the year before, we had him on the podcast. Yeah. The following year, he was main eventing the cruiserweight classic and taking home the championships. Yes. Yeah, 2016 also saw the rise of several stars on both the international scene and in the local scene. So internationally, for me, the biggest name that comes to mind is Alexa Bliss, right? Because this is when she graduated from being just the uh, just cheerleader. No, no, no. Uh, heel na siya nun okay. after Blake and Murphy. Right, right, manager okay. lang siya nun. Yeah, manager. Medyo pa. miss irrelevant siya coming yeah. out of the draft. And then she became a star on SmackDown she as a heel. She became the goddess. She was becoming the goddess. Locally, we saw the debut of guys like Martivo. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Vlad Sinsik. Uh, these, were the, these were the names that uh, came out in time. Uh, the YOLO twins in 2016. Uh, they, they, they became the full, fullest versions of themselves. Right, right. So there. Uh, was this after they revealed themselves to be twins? Yes, yes. yes. I think uh, in 2016. They at revealed Shawdown. themselves at Shawdown. Because yes. before, who was the, was it just Johan? It was just Johan, yeah. Mm. Uh, 2016 was also the first year that PWR did Comic Con. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, Asia Pop. Asia yeah, Pop. Asia Pop Comic Con. Uh, I thought it was a great experience for us. Again, uh, oh, if the, if the previous administration uh, stayed behind, uh, stayed on, we would. I don't think we would have gotten that uh, opportunity. A single day pass was six hundred pesos. Of course, you guys love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, hindi kami, hindi kami talaga humita from the ticket yeah, sales. Man, uh, I thought no, it was an X deal. No, I mean I'm talking about the free entrance. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I was even talking about the X deal. Oh, yung yung lakin natinipid namin. Coming in through the back? Yeah. Oh, performer po kami. Lahat kami, di ba? May ID, may ID. Hihigawa kayo. Red yung ID niya. Ayaw yung bigay. Bakit? Performer ka ba? Okay, so that was 2016. Anything else from that year in wrestling? I think we covered a lot. All right. Let's move on to 2017. 2017, I'll start with the wrestling godzillet because that was basically the final season of the show. Yes. But we did make friends in Sandra and Nicole. Yeah, uh, friendships that we still have to this day. Um, it it was really fun getting to have that experience where we shot an entire season in a day, and um, I don't think we ever talked about this part, but we actually got paid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was uh, the first time we to got do paid. season two. Yeah, to do TV work. So for me, na you know, I'd been I'd made it my goal to get on TV and to get uh, to get paid for it. Lakim bagay nun for me. Twenty hmm. seventeen uh, was also the year that um, we had. Certain guests on the podcast, crap. Um, uh, well, we moved out of Mellow that year because I was no longer with Mellow. Mm-hmm. So we moved into the Balai. Yep. Uh, for the uh, podcast. The Balai. Yes, the Immortal Balai. Uh, we recorded a lot over there. Um, what, what else happened in 2017 from was the it, podcast's was, perspective? Billy Swade, was it the Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. We met Billy Swade. Yeah, so Billy, uh, I, I think it can't be understated how, uh, how impactful his presence has been for the scene. Oh. Uh-huh. Because Billy uh, gave us more credibility than we'd ever had was up that to that point. True, Would true. it be wrong for me to say that he was the first international star to come here? Mm. Was, there so, was there somebody before him? I believe that he was the first international star to get booked. Yes. Silani yeah. uh, Chili, who was uh, 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 working as Blackzilla. Mm. Because yes. uh, the other stars that came by either couldn't get booked because they couldn't make the show, uh, didn't you know, expressly come to the Philippines to get booked. But here with Billy, he was here for a while. Yeah, he, and, was, he yeah. lived here. Yeah, right? he did. My dito that wasn't necessarily wrestling. Right. But the funny thing was, we were getting messages from other wrestlers as early as 2015, right? Including a message from one Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah. So I'm not sure if we ever talked about that. I think we did. I remember Red talking about this. Yeah. Like seeing when he started becoming um, the 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 Booker. head of. Of operations, the Booker, he would get random messages from guys like Tomaso Champa and Pentagon Junior, and he'd be like, "See that mga to, And right. then and, and he'd just ignore it because he wouldn't know who these guys well, are. That and we couldn't really uh, compensate them yeah, properly well, and, and at the time. That, that yes, but now look at where PWR is at. People are actually coming to you guys. In 2017, we also had the uh, the highest ranking episode of the podcast, <laughs> or the classical shoot episode, which is basically the tell all uh, from JDL and Redoliero yeah. about the basically the business side of PWR. episodes shoot episodes. 2017 also can't be uh, can't be missed is MWF's year zero. Yeah. So yes. this is when they began. Uh, uh, at the old PWR stomping grounds in MCS. Yeah. 
So, so it would also be the last year of MCS as a wrestling. Oh game. yeah, yeah, yeah. This was um, the early incarnation of MWF, right? Yes, With, yes. Um, year zero. Yeah, the very sparse lineup nila. No. So this was before Tarek El Tayek's involvement yes. with yes. MWF. This was, be- this was before all the great videos we talked about. Right. Yeah. So I was there at some of the early shows, and I went just as a spectator, just because I was so curious, like what was it all about, diba? And so you know, we uh, we saw all these different characters that, uh, to their credit, were unique uh-huh. and different from what PWR was putting out at the time. Uh, so there, um, it it uh, really pushed itself forward as a platform, the alternative uh, to what PWR was offering, and and in a vacuum, diba? Uh, having more players in the scene should be good. Yes, so of course, definitely. Yeah, and especially it was around this time when the relationship between MWF and PWR started to reheal, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, true. Which, um, which it was. To, more work. to be fair, uh, the initial MWF guys were uh, people that many in the current PWR uh, roster at the time didn't really have beef with. Yeah. So the, the beef was really between the OGs. The OGs. So but even some of the OGs, I mean, they forgot now what the beef yeah. was about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it uh, seemed silly and petty at the time. Mm. So there were efforts on both sides to mm. reconcile, to um, to hash things out, mm. even to work together. And we saw it when people like Robin Sane got on the podcast. The podcast was actually a platform to help uh, bridge both promotions together. You had John Sebastian appearing in the final MWF event of that year. Noche Buenas. Noche Buena. Which also solidified that there would be a, uh, some sort of working relationship between the two companies. Yep. And it would uh, lay the groundwork for 2018. But before we get to that, other stuff that happened in 2017. Um, uh, crap. There, there, was, there was something I was... Uh, oh, uh, Camus going to Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, yes, happened in was, 2017. Uh, yes. So he that brought was, back Okada dollars. Yes. Uh, one of which is still in my wallet to this I think day. me too, yeah. So that was the start of us getting coverage in from abroad. Uh, in, in tipong, uh, we would have uh, friends or mga kakilala that would um, go to these international shows and then share their experiences whether on smarthenry.ph or on the podcast so um, we met Gretchen uh, Gretchen Gatan um, her, her, her married name escapes me at the moment uh, Fragada Gretchen Gatan Fragada yeah, there. Yes. Uh, so we met her that year she was uh, our Wrestlemania correspondent and she basically planted the seeds for my eventual Wrestlemania trip uh, two years down the line well yeah uh, ano pa ba? Uh, right. other things that happened in the year uh, the Hardy Boys came back to WWE yes yes uh, Remember when the New Day came out, we yeah. thought that they'd be they the challenge. adding themselves, yeah. Right? As hosts. Pero they go and introduce the Hardys, and this would be the reawakening for the brothers. Right. Right. Uh, going by WrestleMania alone, Bray Wyatt became the first, uh, got his first championship reign. At the Elimination Chamber mm-hmm. that year. Yes, he did. Uh, you also had Jinder Mahal becoming oh, yeah. champion. Remember that? <laughs> Woo, yes, I do. Six months didn't yeah. naging champion. But and j- this was after he returned. Yeah, like after he, he would, returned, yes. He would be released. He was out, yes. Uh, got depressed, then got in shape, then he came, came back. back. Super Jack. No, he, yeah, he wasn't he was super, super jacked jack. yet. He, he was slowly getting jacked. Okay, he was slowly, getting, he was slowly jacked. getting jacked when he came back. 2017. Uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah no, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, uh, so yeah, Jinder had that surprising title run. Uh, na, uh, we didn't know where it was going, and then he suddenly loses to AJ Styles <laughs> yeah. on a SmackDown in the UK. Yep. Uh, which Bef- led to Survivor Series. Before Survivor Series, yes. That was also the first Survivor Series in the brand warfare. Mm-hmm. Because nah, you champion versus champion. No, yes. no, the team SmackDown versus Team Raw. 
Yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah. This was Brock Daniel Bryan. Right? No, right. no, no. Brock Daniel Bryan was 2018. 2017 is Brock AJ. Ah, Brock AJ. So this is when we were beginning to realize now, wow, Brock really works well with a small guy. Yep. So you had that going on. Uh, you also had... Uh, Crap, uh, there's another wrestler who really had a big 27. Oh, Drew McIntyre came back. Mm, to NXT. To NXT. And he Adam be, Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish would also come get to NXT. Signed, yes. They would get signed. Drew was champion. And then uh, the Undisputed Era was formed in 2017. So, wow, has it been that long? Yeah. Wow. I remember uh, the in Takeover weekend in SummerSlam. Okay. That's when Adam Cole uh, attacked Drew McIntyre. Yes. Okay, that I remember. Right? Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura also made it to the main roster that year, and they were building him up for a big 2018. Yeah, and welp. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, okay, he time. He the Royal Rumble. Yeah, he did. <laughs> oh, my God. That, he, that, that's yeah. jumping ahead, though. That's jumping ahead. Anything else in 2017 that stood out? Hmm. Wait, let me look. I'm what thinking else? about PWR. Uh, what, what else happened? Uh, uh, 2017 was the year we started doing the monthly shows, number one. Power Mac. Number two, we went to Power yeah. Mac, which is everyone's favorite s- venue. Did you guys move to a Sunday this year as well? Mm. No, that was late 2016. Because mm. there were scheduling issues and there was no other date yeah. available other than a hence, Sunday. Hence, Suplex Sunday. So, happy accident, when you think about it. And number three, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that WWE came to scout local talent. Ah, yes, yes. yes. yes of course. At the beginning of 2017. So, so is, yeah. This is exactly what we were talking about when we said that had we not had the events that, that event led, that thing that happened the reckoning the, yeah the, the calling of, of sorts you guys <laughs> wouldn't have had the WWE's eyes on you right? no I think uh, I think the man that they would have come either way it's just that we wouldn't have probably made the most of it I can't remember who said the story uh, I think it was che- either Cheetah Ginto or Red about how they had to put up a show on the spot. I think that was JDL. I mean, was that mm. JDL? They had to put on the show on the yeah, spot. They, which, yeah, which, they did. Which uh-huh. Nisha on the spot. Um, there Last was minute. Less than, two months, okay, less than two months lead time. It was November 2016 when uh, we got the email from Canyon Seaman and Chris Marsh that they were going to be making their way to Singapore. And then it was right then and there that JDL decided we have to have a show on that weekend. That was uh, at the Katipunan venue. Yes, yes venue yes, one for was. So it would uh, be Bagong Yugto, which was really... Uh, apropos, uh, it was a new chapter in Philippine wrestling history. So there, it started. Uh, it started uh, all in 2017, right? Right. Uh, that was also the year I uh, I got removed as GM, and the first ubusan ng lahi took place with a heel with a heel JDL. No, yes, yeah. Yeah. that uh, JDL heel turn took place. Chris Panzer became champion twice. Billy Swade became champion for a couple of months. So there, that uh, those are the big moments in 2017, right? Okay, let's go to 2018. 2018, uh, for me, will always be the rise of Becky Lynch. Like, this was when she became a thing. And uh, it, it's like she took her career into her own hands, so Pero to speak. But it's still there. yeah. Because you can't forget about WWE Evolution. Right. Yep. Yes. All Women's Pay-Per-View. Uh, the second May on Classic. Mm-hmm. Yes. Happened in 2018. 2017 was the first, right? Uh, 2018, we also saw Ronda Rousey. Debuting in oh, WWE. Oh yes, yes, yes. So that was uh, that was her. That her was in the mix tag, right? Uh, yeah, the yeah, so WrestleMania. Kurt yes, Angle, uh, Triple H, and Stephanie McMahon, and then she would go on to become Women's Champion. Yeah. So you had all of that happening. Uh, come on, how could you forget? Uh, if you fight for your dreams, your dreams, dreams will, will fight, fight for, for you. you. Yes. You know, 
that's another one of those moments Now there aren't a lot anymore for me because we're all getting older and we start forgetting these things but I remember exactly where I was mm-hmm. when I was watching that promo I was on a bus on the way to a Game of Thrones shooting location in Spain <laughs> when I was watching that iconic Brian promo and I was uh, I was crying on a bus uh, so obviously because I'm a Daniel Bryan fan that means much more to me I remember being in school still uh, many many years later so Van Wilder ka na nun ako nun sinabi sa akin ng classmate ko, kuya, kuya. Dahil hindi nila ako kinuya. Pero sabi nila sa akin, was, did you see the Daniel Bryan pro? I think it was Ken Warren told me about this if I remember hey, correctly. <laughs> Ken Warren told me about this in CSB and I wasn't around to see it live but I remember watching it back at home and feeling the same exact way because those words resonated with me. The same way that the Dolph Ziggler promo from many years ago or from the three years before that also resonated with me. Don't ask me where I was because I can't remember. Probably at work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, WWE was was um, going through a weird phase in 2018 because at time na the the lines between Raw and SmackDown were starting to blur. Mm-hmm. You saw the soft ending of the brand split. Yep. Uh, the the wild card rule wouldn't come in until earlier this year. But in 2018, you could kind of see the yeah. signs, especially because the pay-per-views had be- uh, begun to be cross, uh, uh, cross-branded, cross which wasn't exactly a good thing. Uh, Talking Smack was dead mm-hmm. by this point. What's uh, that? But Raw also had an after show that they also got rid of before, way before Talking Yeah, Raw Talk. Raw Talk, yeah. That didn't happen every week, though. Um, Raw Talk was uh, after pay-per-views, I think, or something yeah, like yeah. that. after pay-per-views. And they really tried to recapture the magic of Talking Smack. But uh, I think what, one thing WWE learned was sometimes you can't recapture it just because you put the same elements in uh, place. Uh, and it doesn't just apply to WWE shit. Sometimes it applies to um, you know, other, other stuff outside of wrestling even. Now, you can try to recapture the magic and it's just not there. On the local side, 2018 was um, a very up and down year. In, uh, on one hand, you had the regularity of the PWR shows. Uh, you had them monthly, right? And then MWF also decided to do more regular shows mm-hmm. that year. Mm-hmm. So you really felt the, um, the cross-promotion between both sides. Yeah. yeah uh, they, they took their game up because uh, Tarek would get in, would get involved. Yes, yes. Uh, behind the scenes. I'm not sure if he would like that to be mentioned, but, you know, it's obvious, man. Yeah. Um, the, he pumped a lot of resources into the company and took it a whole new level. That's when the production yeah. value went yes. all the way up. Yes, At, that was when, uh, around the time when we started seeing these amazing vignettes. And it, they did better venues then. Yeah, exactly. Well, Bayna yeah. was a great venue. It's, uh, I still think it's an underrated venue. Yes, sir. Um, and yeah, the production value, just uh, with, the, with the way the show is run, with the way the videos are produced, with the way the stories are told, you can really tell the difference. It was night and day between the first and the WF. And as a wrestling fan, like uh, you can remove uh, my hat as someone associated with PWR when I say this. It really excited me when I found out that the cross promotion was really was real mm. was happening yeah you had Rob insane at Revolution X you had uh, you had me uh, being one of the first PWR guys appearing on MWF alongside Sandata mm-hmm. uh, you had the Kakai Bros the Punk Dolls becoming fixtures Smartivo right. uh, specifically becoming fixtures right. in MWF you had parang interbranded stables about there was a time that Kyle Season was associated with the Kakai Bros right so it uh, it, it, there was a lot of optimism 
some extent. Uh, you also had, I think that was the year that MWF did that convention and they booked a lot of the PWR. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was. History it was. Con. Mm. History Con, yeah, yeah. So a lot of uh, a lot of PWR talent was booked there, and um, if you're like like looking back, parang nakalungkot din because everybody was looking forward to uh, more cross branded activities, cross promoted activities. Yeah, it was more sides. opportunities for everyone, did say. Yeah, so you had that. Uh, Twenty eighteen was also the year that we brought in the regime from the UK. Right. Because yeah, we were coming off of 2017 when uh, Dr. Gore had gotten involved with us. M and the Kid had gotten involved with us. No, so that was 2018. 2018. Ah, 2018, Bayon? Yes. Okay. So yeah, you had all these uh, international wrestlers coming in. Shaukat had reconnected PWR for the first time in years mm-hmm. in 2018. Uh, you heard that a few months ago on his episode. So um, PWR, as a company, was stepping its game by uh, really connecting with the, with the region. Right? Um mm. What, what else happened? Oh, 2018, we were in the midst of that year-long run from Ralphie Mabayashi. Right, yes, yes. As uh, started in January mm-hmm. and then didn't end until this year. Yeah. Uh, uh, 2018, you also saw the formation of groups. Like, that's when PWR became kind of like New Japan. Uh, uh, Purifaction. Purifaction. Yeah, you had the Naughty Boys coming to be, the Endgame, MSG, uh, all these groups uh, popping up. So there, that, that, uh, that was 2018. Uh, so WWE, or how about New Japan? New Japan uh, didn't come into its own. Um, they still had the elite, of course, but uh, by the end of the year, they would uh, pretty much announce AEW. AEW um, oh, yeah, 2018 was when All In, All in happened, yes. Uh, that was obviously the first seeds of what we now know as AEW. Uh, it was originally a joint promotion between, really it was between the elite, you know, Cody, the Young Bucks, Kenny, but it was really more of NJPW and ROH and then a little NWA thrown in. So it was their attempt of figuring out whether something that wasn't WWE could succeed in North America. And in a way, it was also yeah. a dare. Right? Yeah, it was a dare. It really was a dare. They wanted to see how well they would do without the WWE machine. And they did so well that they sold out in like 30 minutes. Yeah, uh, that's uh, the amount of dissatisfaction fans had with the WWE. On the New Japan side of things, 2018 also saw us an expansion uh, into the U.S. market. Yes. With the G1 Climax specials in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. In Long LA, Beach. Uh, Long Beach, rather. And then it it still continues on to this day. Uh, New Japan still looking to spread out into the international waters. Uh. In New Japan in 2018, that's when the U.S. Championship was established. Yes, yes. Uh. Kenny Omega was its first champion. That was Kenny Omega went on to win the IWGP Heavyweight Championship mm-hmm. at was it Dominion? Amaba. Mm, let me check or one of those events. See, uh, I'm a New Japan casual, so you're gonna have to yeah, forgive yeah, me. Let here. me. No, you also get lost in these events then. Uh, hold on, almost here. Yeah, so uh, Kenny Omega finally won the big one here in 2018. Um, because we were in the midst as well of the Okada Omega series when they were trading victories to the, the one, one another. epic one hour match. Nadro. Nadro. Uh, that one hour draw. So that, uh, or in wrestling speak, that uh, one hour Broadway. Uh, what, what else happened in Yeah, it was Dominion. Dominion, it was a Dominion show. Yeah. I don't know. Wait, sorry. I think it was Wrestle, the next Wrestle Kingdom. No, the next Wrestle Kingdom was his last. That's when he dropped it to Tanahashi. That was 2019. Now. No, 2018 Wrestle Kingdom. Was when he won? No, he didn't win at, at Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, sorry. Yeah. 
So, diba, yeah, uh, uh, this is the time na people were saying na parang pati panalala si Omega at mm, Wrestle Kingdom tama, because tama. there was already clamor for it. I feel like it was Dominion. Yeah, I think it was Dominion. Mm. Or, otherwise, I wouldn't remember it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sige, go ahead. So, uh, so my house show lang pala. No, no, no. Uh, thir- uh, 2018 was also WrestleMania 34, and that's when we saw that entertaining John Cena shtick. Nah, he was a fan, and then from the, from uh, but they were cutaways to him just enjoying it like a fan. Yeah, and then the- he would jump the barricade and be the worst example ever. Mm. Worst fan ever. Just so uh, he could get beat up by the yeah, Undertaker. Yeah, the Undertaker stuff. And then the match would last two minutes. Yeah, maybe less. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2018 was also uh, when we had an- another WrestleMania interview with Hub Pacheco. Yes. So Hub gave us gave us a blow by blow on uh, what to do if you eventually go to WrestleMania. So you had a lot of fun stuff happening in 2018. 2018 was also, and I know you don't want to say this, was also the very first Saudi Arabia show. Yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, it was uh, because 2018 was also when Jamal Khashoggi went missing and then was found dead. Yeah. Or was found to be dead. Uh, so. There was a lot of flack towards Saudi Arabia and towards WWE for doing the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I uh, I remember like I mean as a wrestling fan, you that we made it moment when uh, WWE was on last week tonight with John Oliver, and oh, when God. John Oliver starts making fun of WWE, <laughs> like you know But it's a big big issue. Uh, yeah, um, since 2018. Yeah, since. Yeah. Uh, then you know he would do the same thing in 2019 when the um, medical issues. Yes. Uh, issue became hot topic. Speaking of hot topic, uh, they started hooking up with indie wrestlers and new Japan wrestlers, basically the elite. Uh, and and the hot topic became um, a, an accessible place for wrestling fans in the US to get their merch. Namalaking bagay for everyone involved. You don't have to order online anymore, or yeah, you can you're just buy merch at shows. Yeah, yeah. Which, so. is, which would then lead to WWE stuff ending up in the hot topic as well. Right. So there, that's uh, 2018. And now we've come to the This current year, year uh. 2019. A lot of which we talked about in the last episode, but oh, I guess to I think you don't need a recap of this year. No, I think we're done. Uh, we've covered the decade. This year is fresh. Yeah, I'm sure you still remember what happens in the earlier months of the year. Yep, yep. Um, I I think at this point, na lang, uh, all I have to say is um, just looking back at everything that's happened in the past decade. Um, a lot of my life was strongly linked to professional wrestling. I'd And like uh, I'd like to feel or express gratitude that uh, a good decade of my adult life coincided with the burgeoning of a local wrestling scene and the international wrestling scene to the pa- to the point that it really is. Uh, a great time to be a wrestling fan in the peak of your adulthood. No, I absolutely agree, yeah. and um, a lot of it comes from just being in that time and place. Now, for one, we don't really have that much responsibilities <laughs> as young adults. <laughs> oh, not yet, not yet, because like you and I are unmarried. We yeah, don't have yeah. kids, right? So that's what I mean when I say you know, we have responsibilities. Yeah, yeah. Chino also unmarried, also without kids. So that's one. Two is you're at a point in your life where you have a little bit of purchasing power. And you can afford to do these things. Nah, uh, we can afford to like watch a WWE event or like watch the Backstreet Boys live. bagay. Like these are things that young adults can do because you're not yet um, saddled with these responsibilities. And to connect that to pro wrestling, it's the perfect time for us then to have found our places in in this industry, uh, whether locally or abroad. Yeah, no, I have to say that not just for this year, but for the back half of the decade. Wrestling has to be turned into one of the biggest plot twists of my life. 
Okay. Diba? In, in the sense that I've developed this new group of friends that I never expected to meet just on the basis of pure wrestling love. We get to do the shows. You see the regular people. You you develop a friendship akin with those uh, who share the same interest with you. Um, I never expected to have a, even a career uh, that's related to wrestling to be right. able to talk on a platform such as this. So yeah, the, uh, the podcast is one of the biggest surprises to me because mm-hmm. uh, there was a time in in year one that Ro was, had to drag me <laughs> to recording because I was tired and I just want to go home or I want to go have a drink and you'd be like, no, let, let's record something. And now we're at a point where um, we have a fixed schedule for recording for the most part and uh, we actually have stakeholders yeah, now. And I don't even remember, I don't even, I can't even imagine us ending up here during that very first Sheena Liao appearance <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah, bringing it full circle. I can't really imagine myself being in this position now with you guys in this booth. Khanaman, uh, I can't believe I've been a content creator in wrestling for almost a decade. From from writing columns about shit I barely knew, I, things I thought I knew about the business, uh, watching shows on online and on Jack TV, to now actually doing a podcast, being in the business. So if you like this shit, and then if you actually want a hand in it, just go start. Because uh, we got all the time in the world. Yeah, there's there's that, and it's also just about um, taking the initiative to put your career, I guess, into your own hands. Kind of like what Becky Lynch and Daniel Bryan uh-huh. did. Uh-huh. You know, for us, um, it may not be on the same magnitude. But uh, like, who would have thought? Nah, it got road. Like, you got to interview Kevin Owens back, and he was still Kevin Steen. <laughs> no, I didn't really get to interview. Oh, that's him. right. I got to meet Kevin Owens <laughs> this year. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Mustafa Ali. Yeah, and Mustafa yeah, Ali, yeah. exactly. I got to meet the big show, Shameless. Yeah, we I got, got to work yeah, yeah. events Ka- with these people, like Ka- Xavier Ka- Woods. Kamus Ka- got to meet Sami Zayn. Oh, yes, he did. Life uh-huh. changed forever. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, uh, we got to meet TJP and hang out with him. Right, be his friend. Be his friend. We yeah. got to uh, hang Jeff out with Cobb. Jeff Cobb, be his friend. You know, um, we, we got to meet people like Boss Tim, who would be a huge influence Tim towards. Dan, shout out. Yeah, towards the end of uh, the 2010s for PWR. And these are these are things, connections, um, experiences that I never would have thought would have happened at the start of this decade. Because at no time then, I wasn't even in the wrestling circle. Right, right. So, uh, I never thought that this could happen. So, literally, when they say anything can happen, they, they really do mean it. Yeah, and uh, you know, for you guys, yung turning point, ibebetain uh, turning points, right? My turning point was just peeking over at Kuya Glenn's YouTube screen uh, when I was training to be a student DJ at Mellow, and my life changed because of that. So, like, imagine those turning points in your lives. Mm. Holy shit! <laughs> so, your brother, called. my brother was a huge, uh, huge reason why I got back into wrestling because at that time. Well, Wrestling disappeared from local TV. And yeah, yeah. But the YouTube, man. The, <laughs> the eight, nine parts of YouTube videos you have to watch just to get in one episode of Raw. Shout out to Desi Rules and Bali Rules and their Zippy <laughs> Share uploads. Yeah, right? <laughs> Which I still go to every now and then, yeah, by the way. Uh, I want to PW Torrent, so yeah. Yeah, so you know, uh, watch wrestling, eh? Shout yeah, out watch to whoever, wrestling. Who, whoever, whoever runs that shit. Shout out to the Tampirata, alright. <laughs> no, but our, our lives changed forever um, because of this wonderful sport. Uh, all I'll say is the 2010s, the tough tens, what you, whatever you want to call this decade, uh, is one hell of a time for wrestling. Yeah, for all of us. 
for you, you me for me for, for all, all of us, us. yeah <laughs> and i think that's the best note on which we can end this retrospective of the 2010 so i i, wa- I want to say guys I, i'm i'm really thankful that we found each other that we found this platform <laughs> i'm very thankful hey yeah i'm excited to create more content create more memories uh in the community with you guys alongside you guys and to everybody who stuck with us since year one thank you very much we would not be here without you Definitely. It really means a lot whenever I encounter people at PWR shows or on the street who literally say, I know you from the podcast. <laughs> Salamat, mga podcast. Thank you. Yeah, so thank you. And to those new listeners, uh, I hope that uh, us rambling here didn't really dissuade you from listening to us further. We promise we'll come up with more interviews and we'll bring in more guests heading into the next year. Yeah, shout out to Tawi Tawi. What's up? <laughs> That's a callback from the previous episode, guys. That's a callback from the previous episode. <laughs> hardcore fans would yeah, know. Hardcore <laughs> fans would know. That's a deep cut. That's a deep cut. And uh, so at this point, you got to thank our podcast network, Asia Family, for uh, having us on board and for helping us maintain the professional quality of the podcast. Thank you to all our sponsors as well who we've gotten involved with over the years and especially 2019. Uh, thank you to all of our listeners and all of our followers and our friends on social media who have helped keep the podcast push alive. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing you at more events next year. So we're going to start off on a high note. As early as Wrestle Kingdom, we're going to be together at Skinny Mike's mm-hmm. January 4 and 5, back to back. Tickets are 200 pesos for Wrestle Kingdom. And each each com- day. Yeah, each day. They come with a full drink and you get to see Jushin Thunder Liger's retirement match. You get to see the legendary old man battle of Tanahashi and Jericho, among others. Uh, you get to see whoever walks away with both IWGP World uh, Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championships. Yeah. So uh, those are the big attractions heading into Wrestle Kingdom weekend. And then after that, you've got PWR Mabuhay Ang Wrestling taking place January 26th at the Power Max Center Spotlight. We've been talking about that for the last couple of weeks and we can't wait to see you and uh, to, to welcome the 2020s with you in a PWR ring. Right? Uh, so if you have anything else that you wanted to talk about or that you felt we forgot to mention. Maramian, for sure. Yeah, Maramian. Uh, we can't gloss over everything. We only have a set amount of time. You can always set us up on social media. Let's continue the conversation there. It is at underscore Stancy, at Rose War, at Caveman Camus, at China Supersized, and at Wrestling2XPod. Anything else before we get out of here? No, I'm good. All right, so, so good. thank you very much to our babyface producer Ryan, who's been working through the holidays to get these episodes out. And on behalf of Romaran, Raf Camus, and Chino Liao, my name is Stan C. And well, we're out of the 2010s. Happy New Year! Happy Peace. New Year! Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. WarbyParker.com slash covered.